and welcome to Pick 6 Movies. What, you've already been here and know all about the show? It's one of your favorite things to do on a weeknight, especially since the pool hall closed? Quiet, you. I'm talking to the new people, the ones who drop by to say hello. First of all, thanks for coming. Second of all, what we do around here is me, Bo Ransdell, and my oldest friend, Chad Cooper, grab six movies based around a common theme, and we call that a season. Then we tell a story about said film, and then goof on it for a couple of hours. It's quite a lot of fun. This season is Hot Wheels, all about the machines of our dreams, the steel with which we occasionally fall in love with, according to Freddie Mercury. That's right, the automobile! And we have raced our way to episode 5 of this 10th season and come face to horrifying face with an anthropomorphic Volkswagen Beetle by the name of Herbie. That's right, it's Herbie, fully loaded. The one with Lindsay Lohan and Michael Keaton. And here to kick things off is Chad with a story about the little car that could. The flea, the cockroach. The mouse, the turtle, the frog, the little egg, the ladybird, the bubble, the pregnant roller skate. It's been called many things, but of course, we're talking about the people's car, or otherwise known as the Volkswagen Beetle. Sure, the Volkswagen Beetle has many nicknames, but far and wide, the car is one of the most recognized and loved automobiles ever designed. And this worldwide affection is due in part to the fact that the DNA of the VW Beetle spanned many nations and cultures. Its creation began with a Czech design, which was published in a French newspaper. Then it was made in a German factory where the car was assembled by Italians and ultimately went into mass production by the British after World War II. The VW Bug was a popular mode of transportation in Brazil, Ethiopia, Australia, and South Africa. The Beetle finally made its way to the United States where it found itself in the middle of the free love movement, where it was embraced by the hippies of Haight-Ashbury, but somehow was adored by the families in the suburbs. This was a car unquestionably loved worldwide. And there's really only one man who's responsible for starting this global outpouring of car-inspired worldwide goodwill. And that's Adolf Hitler. Back in the early part of the 20th century, the Germans were blazing the trails of automotive innovation. But then a little thing called World War I happened and Germany's economy was a mess. Then we got the stock market crash of the 1920s and that compounded Germany's troubles and it really pumped the brakes on their dominance in automotive kickassery. Enter Hitler in 1933 where he wanted 6,000 kilometers of Autobahns to be built with visions of German-made cars zipping happily around Germany all over the place. Once these roads were built, Next would come the cars. Now, Hitler was a big admirer of Henry Ford. One, because Ford was an openly anti-Semitic person, much like Adolf Hitler, but also because Ford was really good at cranking out cars left and right. Hitler looked at what Ford was doing in the United States and figured, hey, we could be building small, cheap cars that we could sell to everybody in Germany. Well, almost everybody in Germany. Hitler's planned Autobahns, combined with his flood of cars, would bring the people of Germany together and establish to the world, Germany is back, baby. 
Hitler envisioned a car that would fit a family of five and would be cheaper than any car Henry Ford was making stateside. Hitler chose Ferdinand Porsche as the car's chief designer, and Hitler himself laid the foundation stone for the factory that would produce the Volkswagen in May of 1938. The New York Times reported on the event that Germany's Autobahns would soon have thousands of shiny little beetles zipping around the happy families of Germany. Well, not all the families of Germany. At the time, Jewish drivers were banned from many German roads. And as time marched on, Hitler did not keep his promise of building that Autobahn. And the people's car was economically just a failure. By 1938, only 600 of the cars were manufactured, and they were delivered mostly to regime leaders. Then after World War II began, the car factory started making vehicles to support the military. Hitler wanted the Volkswagen Beetle to be a symbol of Germany's automotive superiority and a nice middle finger to the world and America and probably Henry Ford too. But the VW Beetle became a symbol of hate and Hitler's betrayal to his own people. A German automotive journalist wrote in 1949, before the war, the VW Beetle existed only on paper. It cheated people out of their savings and yielded a lot of propaganda. And so when World War II ended, the fate of the Volkswagen Beetle was pretty dire. Well, first off, none of the allies wanted anything to do with the Volkswagen car. Henry Ford said he didn't think the car was worth a damn. British motor manufacturer William Root said the car was too ugly and noisy and an overall poor investment. Plus, in Britain, the VW was seen as Hitler's car. You think Subway had troubles pretending Jarrett won their spokesman for decades? Try shaking the branding of Adolf Hitler off the car that Hitler made. Yeah, consumers don't forget about that kind of stuff too quickly. But then something happened. The Volkswagen Beetle made its way to America. And in 1949, the car arrived in the United States and for some unexplained reason, it became incredibly popular. Maybe it was the tiny size or the odd shape or the price or some combination of all three, but the United States was doing pretty good economically, you know, because all of the factories in the US had not been bombed to rubble during World War II and families were booming. And as the middle class began to grow, mom and dad and their 2.5 kids, they needed a car to get around in. And the VW Beetle was kind of the opposite of everything that the established American auto industry was offering. Big car companies were selling big cars that were powerful and luxurious. The VW Beetle countered all of that. It was economical. It was built to last. It was unrefined. It was small. And perhaps it was perfect timing because as the 1950s gave way to the 1960s, much of America was looking to rebel against anything that resembled the establishment. In 1959, the Manhattan ad agency, Doyle Dane Birnbach, delivered an ad campaign that embraced the car's core essence with bold, transparent ads that included the iconic branding, Think Small. The advertising made the car's perceived weaknesses its strengths. Advertising slogans included, ugly is only skin deep, and it makes your house look bigger, and it's ugly, but it gets you there. And it encouraged car buyers to, quote, live below your means. In 1963, Sports Illustrated declared Volkswagen has found a home in America, and it called it the most easily recognized car on earth. And all those ties to Hitler, it turned out, didn't matter in America because American car buyers didn't see the VW Beetle as a holdover from World War II. The car was, in some ways, a break from the past. The VW Beetle helped new Germany prove to the world that they were better than the Nazis. 
To the Germans, the car represented post-war normalcy. To Americans, the Beatles symbolized Germany's recovery, and the car came to represent idealism and peace, which was embraced by the growing American counterculture of hippies that outright rejected consumerism and conformity while embracing free love and doing lots and lots and lots of drugs. I mean, a lot of drugs, like crazy stuff, the kind of stuff they don't even manufacture anymore. Go ask your grandma. She'll tell you all about it. VW Beatles could easily be seen parked at a political protest, an outdoor music festival, or in the driveway of a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath, single-family ranch-style home in the suburbs. And by 1968, the Beetle was the best-selling car in the world. It was iconic. It was a star. And when you have a star this big, with instant recognition and worldwide appeal, there's just one thing that you can do. You put them in the movies. In the 1950s, Walt Disney Pictures began to mix in live-action motion pictures into their slate of animated feature films. This allowed Walt Disney Pictures to produce more family-friendly entertainment, oftentimes more quickly and at a lower cost than full-length animated movies. Early adaptations of literary classics like Treasure Island and 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea paved the way for more high-concept films like The Shaggy Dog, a movie about a teenager who transforms into a sheepdog. This film featured Disney staple actor Fred McMurray as the teenage boy's father, and McMurray would later go on to star in the high-concept film The Absent-Minded Professor, where he plays a scientist who creates a substance that gains energy as it bounces, a flying rubber, or flubber, if you will. Both of these films spawned sequels and remakes, and the sequel to The Shaggy Dog was titled The Shaggy DA, starring Dean Jones. And much like Fred McMurray, Dean Jones found his career consistently rooted in Disney's live-action motion pictures. Jones's working relationship with Disney Studios began in 1965, starring in That Darn Cat, a movie where he played an FBI agent that solves a bank heist with the help of a Siamese cat and Haley Mills of The Parent Trap fame. Jones followed that Disney film with The Ugly Dachshund, about a Great Dane that thinks he's a dachshund. Well, that's adorable. Next came Monkeys, Go Home, where Jones played a man who inherits an olive grove in France and brings in chimp labor to run the place, which upsets the other workers. How have I never seen this movie? You know what? I'm sure Bo has three or four copies. I'll get one of his. Next, Disney put out the live-action films Blackbeard's Ghost, followed by The Horse in the Gray Flannel Suit, neither of which were all that memorable. But about this time, Jones went to Walt Disney himself, and he pitched a more serious movie about the first sports car to ever come to the United States. Seeing as that concept didn't have shape-shifting manimals or super-bouncy basketball shoes or picket-line-crossing primate labor workers, the idea of the car theme movie was revised. Walt Disney suggested a different car story for Jones to star in, based on the Gordon Buford tale, Car, Boy, Girl. However, if you try to find a book called Car, Boy, Girl by Gordon Buford, you're going to be out of luck. See, there's no record of it in the Library of Congress or the Copyright Office, and some speculate that Buford either submitted his work directly to Walt Disney, or Walt Disney got his hands on the rights before it was actually published. In an interview with Small World Magazine, a domestic publication for VW owners in America, Buford said that he got the idea for the movie from growing up on a Colorado farm where he saw his parents treated their cars much in the same way they treated their horses. Now, a movie titled Car, Boy, Girl does not have the marquee power of, say, your Monkeys Go Home. 
and the studio needed a different title, and lots of them were considered. The Magic Bulksy, The Runaway Wagon, Beetle Bomb, Wonder Beetle, Bug Boom, and Thunderbug were all contenders. But finally, the movie found its title, The Love Bug. The movie starred an anthropomorphic, pearl-white, fabric-sunroofed, 1963 Volkswagen racing beetle named Herbie. Dean Jones played Herbie's driver. There's a love interest played by Michelle Lee. Comedian Buddy Hackett plays Jones's kind-hearted mechanic friend who creates art from car parts. English actor David Tomlinson, who is quite memorable as Mr. George Banks in Disney's Mary Poppins. Well, Tomlinson is the movie's villain who sells Herbie to Jones's character, and in the film he becomes a racing rival to our movie's heroes. Now it should be noted that prior to the film's production, the car was actually not specified as a VW Beetle. They looked at multiple cars from Toyotas and Volvos and MG, but it was only the white VW Beetle that instinctively drew the film crew to reach out and pet the car. During production, the Volkswagen brand name, logo, or iconic VW Shield, it's never featured in the film at all because the automaker didn't want Disney to use the name. In the movie script, the car is referred to as Herbie, or The Bug, which is often synonymous with the word Beetle, but was not actually trademarked by the Volkswagen company at the time of the film's shooting. The car was given its name Herbie as a result of a skit Buddy Hackett did about skiing where he voiced a German ski instructor who references his fellow instructor of Hans, Fritz, Wilhelm, and Sandor. And at the end of the bit, Hackett would say, if you ain't got a hoibie, I ain't going. Herbie's iconic number 53 was chosen by the film's producer, Bill Walsh, who was a big fan of Los Angeles Dodgers baseball player, Don Drysdale, whose jersey number was 53. Walsh was also responsible for Herbie's famous red and blue racing stripes. Now, The Love Bug was the last live-action film that included direct involvement of Walt Disney himself prior to his death in 1966. When the movie came out, it was a huge hit. It was the third highest grossing film of 1968, taking in over $51 million domestically, with only Stanley Kubrick's masterpiece, 2001 A Space Odyssey, and Funny Girl taking the number one and number two spots respectively. Some critics panned the movie, like Vincent Canby of the New York Times, who said the movie was a long, sentimental Volkswagen commercial, which has the form of a fantasy comedy, lots of not very special effects, and no real humor. Now, a film review in the Monthly Film Bulletin said that this very engaging mechanical fantasy is the best piece of work from the Disney Studios for some time. And audiences agreed more with the sentiments of that latter review. Families loved the film, and more importantly, they loved Herbie. So much so that the film would go on to create four theatrically released sequels. And the first sequel was Herbie Rides Again, which saw the return of nobody from the first movie except for Herbie. The hero of our movie was played by Ken Berry, who had appeared on F Troop and The Andy Griffith Show, and he would later go on to play Vinton, the dim-witted son of Vicki Lawrence's titular character Mama on the sitcom Mama's Family. Stephanie Powers of Heart to Heart fame would play the romantic love interest. The movie was a modest hit, but nothing compared to the original. So in 1977, filmmakers wooed Dean Jones back to appear in the third installment, Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo. 
But they swapped out Buddy Hackett with veteran funny man and chronic sniffer Don Knotts to bulge his eyes and purse his lips. And this movie was genuinely well-received also. But this was 1977, and we were entering a world where Star Wars was a real thing. And the tastes and expectations of moviegoers were outgrowing the low-tech shenanigans of the lovable VW Beetle. But that didn't stop filmmakers from cranking out another film in the series, Herbie Goes Bananas in 1980, where the lovable VW returns this time with Cloris Leachman and Harvey Corman, and we're in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. And at this point, the film franchise was mostly running on formulaic fumes, and audiences and critics were really ready to end this ride. Now, despite all of that, in the spring of 1982, CBS did air a five-episode TV series called Herbie the Love Bug, and there was also a made-for-television sequel that aired in 1997 that featured Dean Jones in a small cameo. But for the most part, Herbie never really attained the success of his debut feature film, and so Herbie was unofficially retired. But every product and film franchise has a life cycle. As the Herbie franchise stalled out, so did the sales of the VW Beetle in the United States. During the 1970s, the iconic car from Volkswagen was nearing the end of its life cycle in North America. But this scrappy superstar of a car, it found all new popularity in South America, specifically in Mexico, where the VW Beetle was manufactured and sold all the way through the 1990s. And much like the nationalistic ties of the car to Germany's revival after World War II and the embrace of the counterculture movement in America, where students and hippies were protesting, just, you know, everything, Mexico too found a cultural connection with the VW Beetle, or the Bochito, as it was called. The Mexican people loved the car because it was made in Mexico for the Mexican people. The Volkswagen Beetle filled a void in Mexico as there was no car made and designed first in Mexico. And so many native Mexicans attached some part of their national identity to the VW Beetle. And as the car's popularity inevitably declined in Mexico, Volkswagen decided to produce a new Beetle in 1997 back here in the United States, capitalizing on the nostalgia of the original with an all-new modern design. It was engineered differently, but the overall look and feel was roughly the same. The new Beetle proved everything old could be new again, and the car was a hit with consumers. People decorated them, customized them, they nicknamed them, they loved them. The new VW Beetle even had a tiny built-in holder on the dashboard for a small flower. And as the new VW Beetle began to appear on the roads of the good old U.S. of A, there was rising popularity of NASCAR more broadly across the country. And this opened up an opportunity for Disney to jumpstart the Herbie film franchise to an all-new audience of film fans in a movie that is the subject of this very episode. I'm speaking of none other than Herbie Fully Loaded, starring Lindsay Lohan. Lohan started modeling when she was three years old, working for Calvin Klein and Abercrombie. She was in TV commercials for Pizza Hut and Wendy's, and she even appeared in a Jell-O commercial with Bill Cosby. And I can remember when that wasn't a controversial statement to make. When Lohan turned 10, she started acting on the television soap opera Another World, and one year into her time on that show, Lohan was offered the lead role as both twins in a remake of the 1961 Disney classic The Parent Trap. And that movie was a massive hit, pulling in 90 2 million bucks worldwide. And much of that success came from Lohan's performance, where she was widely praised at pulling off the two distinctively different characters with charm and delightful comedic timing. 
Her performance in The Parent Trap got Lohan a three-movie deal with Disney. The first of those films was the body-switching remake of Freaky Friday, where Lohan starred opposite Jamie Lee Curtis. Next came Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. And the last movie hung in limbo for a while as Lohan made numerous other projects, including Mean Girls, which was adapted by the brilliant Tina Fey from the novel Queen Bees and Wannabes by Rosalind Wiseman. In late 2003 and early 2004, Lohan began focusing on a singing career in support of her debut album, Speak. Production on the album began around the same time as Lohan was preparing to film the movie Herbie Fully Loaded. And it was during the filming of Herbie Fully Loaded that Lohan had to write and record six of the 12 tracks in her trailer on the set of the movie. She had a deadline to meet so the album could hit stores later that Christmas. And I remember when music was sold in stores. Lohan's schedule had her working on the movie from 5 a.m. in the morning until 12.30 a.m. late at night, and she began recording in her trailer from 12.30 till 2 a.m. every evening, giving her only three hours of sleep. I wonder how she was able to stay awake so long. Herbie Fully Loaded was written by improv veteran Thomas Lennon, who was the main cop from Reno 911, and he was on Viva Variety. Joining him at the computer keyboard was his writing partner and sketch comedy best bud, Robert Ben Garen. For those of you scoring at home, these two are the ones currently pegged to write that Cannonball Run reboot. Helping out on the screenplay was also Alfred Goh and Miles Millar, who are the writing team behind those Jackie Chan, Owen Wilson, Western, Shanghai Noon, and Shanghai Night. They were also the lifeblood of the hit TV series Smallville. Angela Robinson was behind the camera in the director's chair. She had previously directed the movie Debs and was extensively involved in the Showtime series The L Word, as well as the HBO series Hung and True Blood. Now, rounding out the cast was Justin Long, who was the Mac in the I'm a Mac, I'm a PC advertising campaign. You all remember that one? Um, he was on the NBC series Ed? No. Um, oh, he was, he was in Jeepers Creepers. He, he was in Jeepers Creepers too. You know what? You know him if you saw it. Rounding out the cast were veteran performers Michael Keaton and Cheryl Hines, both welcome to pick six movies, as well as Matt Dillon, to whom I say, welcome back, Mr. Dillon. And this all seems like a pretty talented crew of people to make a real movie. Now, because this movie got into production because of the popularity of NASCAR, it features cameos by many NASCAR drivers, including Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, Tony Stewart, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and Mark Martin, just to name a few. Director Angela Robinson said in an interview that she wanted to have Dean Jones come back to reprise his role from the original movie, but apparently there were some scheduling problems and he was unable to do so. But the rumor was that Jones filmed his cameo and the scene was deleted. Oh, snap. Ooh, speaking of rumors, during early screenings of the film, Uppity Moms with grinning young boys at their side, well, they all expressed shock at seeing Lindsay Lohan's ample bosom on display during what they expected to be a family-friendly film. And it was this type of anti-cleavage backlash that reportedly prompted filmmakers to go in and use CGI to reduce the size of Lohan's breasts and hide revealing necklines. Now, the director of the movie claimed that these were just rumors largely propagated on the internet. Hey, that's what we're doing here. Hey, she's talking about us. Kind of. In its opening weekend, Herbie Fully Loaded grossed $12 million in the United States and Canada, coming in number four at the box office behind Batman Begins, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and War of the Worlds. 
and critics, mm, they were mixed. They either disliked the movie because it was a grab bag of cliched sports films, or they liked it for its overly kid-friendly kind-heartedness. LA Times film critic Kenneth Turan said of the film, Herbie Fully Loaded is that modern rarity. A genial, sweet-natured family film, G-rated and proud of it. An old-fashioned Disney movie to the core. What a nice thing for Mr. Turan to say. When the box office was tallied up, Herbie Fully Loaded pulled in $144 million worldwide, and the film star, Lindsay Lohan, would go on to a new chapter in her life and her career that we may discuss in more detail on a different episode in the future. But for now, let's leave Miss Lohan here, where she starred in a G-rated, family-friendly film that features one of the, if not the, most famous car ever. For a car that was initially born out of nationalistic ambition, the history of the VW Beetle is a fascinating tale of how this car somehow succeeded in making a worldwide impact on consumers and culture. And that's not because of Adolf Hitler's involvement in the car's creation, but more to the point, despite Adolf Hitler's involvement. Hitler promised to create this automotive utopia in Germany that didn't materialize the way he'd planned. He envisioned the Volkswagen Beetle would be the people's car. And when you stop and think about it, that's kind of what it is. Not as a symbol of Nazi power, it instead became a symbol of unity and peace and nationalistic pride for multiple nations worldwide. So, you know what? Take that, Hitler, you big stupid jerk. But what about this? The final movie in the Herbie film franchise. Is it possible to take a movie from a bygone era filled with silly slapstick and wholesome entertainment and give it a modern-day makeover? Will the NASCAR cameos in this film be as clunky as the ones in Days of Thunder? And how much cleavage is an acceptable amount of cleavage in a G-rated film? Well, to answer these questions and many, many more, let's get my co-host Mr. Bo Ransdell in here to steer this conversation into 90 minutes of stupid. Ladies and gentlemen, Beatles and Bugs, I give you 2005's Herbie Fully Loaded. And welcome to Pick 6 Movies. I am Chad Cooper, and along with me is my lovable, snug-in-a-rug-of-a-bug co-host, Bo Ransdell. Bo, how you doing this evening? Oh, I am I am all abuzz, Chad. <laughs> That's what bugs do. Yeah, as I was mentioning to you just before we started recording, I don't know nothing about the Herbie movies as it happens until... <laughs> Until the introduction of this episode. You never saw any of the original Herbie movies as a kid? I'm sure they threw it on a screen in second grade just to pacify us for a while. What about some of the other live action films that Disney offered up, like The Absent-Minded Professor or The Shaggy DA, or even those Kurt Russell movies where he played a college student with his buddies and they would get magical powers to be super strong or super smart? I Like, I know the titles. I know the, the the computer wore tennis shoes, but I've never seen the computer wore tennis shoes. Now you see him, now you don't? Uh, no, I've never seen that. I've seen Condor Man. You know, Condor Man is not on the new Disney streaming service, much to the dismay of nerds on the internet. It's a, a great oversight. I want that, and I want Song of the South, and then 
you can call it a real streaming service. Did you hear that they're making a live action remake of Song of the South? Oh, is that right? No, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> the internet would have exploded if Disney announced that. Let me pitch it to you this way. The Song of the South as written and directed by Trey Parker and Matt Stone. No. If it was the Song of the South as written and directed by Quentin Tarantino, even doubly no. You're going to see Uncle Remus's feet. It's going to be great. I find that Tarantino's most recent works continue to dance into a world of racism that makes me very, very uncomfortable. I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I haven't seen it yet. You know what I have seen, Bo? Herbie Fully Loaded. (laughs) I was trying to change the subject. Can we talk about uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again? A modern masterpiece? Let's talk about a decades-old piece of garbage. All right, Herbie full load in my pants, am I right? Start this episode with some class. (laughs) Chad partially loaded. By the end of the movie, he's going to be totally loaded. Um, Yeah. Our movie starts off with a little easy-listening, classic California surf and sun music as we hear the harmonic tones of the Beach Boys hit song, Get You Back, accompanied by a title sequence that's intercut with clips of movies that Bo has never seen because it's all from the original Herbie films. And I just want to say, I kind of want to discuss the Herbie-verse in general because in the world that is the the world of the love bug and the subsequent Herbie films, the laws of physics in these movies, they kind of belong in a Warner Brothers cartoon. You can't really watch a Herbie movie and call foul on how the gravity-defying, physics-inverting nature of what this car can do it just is what it is i agree with that in principle i think what this movie gets wrong though one of the many things it gets wrong is that looney tune style physics only applies to her like when you see other cars banging around in this movie they're like honest to goodness real world laws of physics cars and herbie is bouncing around like a goddamn lunatic but that's okay Uh, is it sure it is i mean you you have this magical car that can do things that other cars can't do again that's part of the herbie verse the car is just sort of this sentient automotive thing that can just defy the laws of the world in which we live I think that that was kind of a lot of the charm when it came to many of those early Disney live action movies. They're silly and they're fun and they're kind of the thing of children's imagination. Like in the early Herbie movies, a car will get split in two, but it's still able to maintain balance and drive independently on the front and real axles. You know, Herbie pops a wheelie on his rear tires at one point. And in one of the movies, Herbie actually scales the Golden Gate Bridge balancing on suspension cables. And I think in the last Herbie film, Herbie is actually a matador and he's fighting bulls much like a Bugs Bunny would do in, say, your Warner Brothers cartoon. I'm familiar. Hey, let me ask a question of our resident Herbie expert, if I may. Is that me? Yes. Is there any reason given in earlier Herbie movies for this car's sentience? No. Or did it just come out off the line possessed like Christine? Except the friendlier version. It's like Casper the friendly ghost of Christine. You know, I like to think that someone committed suicide in Herbie. And until Herbie does enough good deeds, the soul of that person is forced to live within the metal confines of this car. A la a previous story told on this very show. (laughs) It seems like that perpetrator was jerking off at the same time 
time. Jesus Christ. Because this movie is the horniest G-rated movie I've ever seen in my life. Everybody wants to fuck everybody in this movie. <laughs> it is a sexy, sexy G-rated movie. I've got the candles lit tonight, Chad. <laughs> There's some Luther playing on the turntable. <laughs> Like, we're going to get into it, but oh, yeah, Herbie likes to get down. During this opening sequence, we get to see um, not only shots from the first four Herbie movies, but there are other still shots from the real world. Like, there's an aerial photo of a bunch of cars adorned with the signature 53, you know, logo on them, and they all have the red, white, and blue racing stripes. And despite all of these caveats that I mentioned about the Herbieverse, we do see shots of of Herbie partying at Studio 54 and seemingly falling in love with another car, but I'm not sure that those events happened in that exact order. Are, are you speaking of the Night Industries 2000, Chad? No, no, no. There is a shot of Herbie with Knight Rider. I'm just talking about the shot where you see Herbie outside Studio 54 during the heydays of drugs and disco in the 1970s. Did you ever see that movie called 54 about Studio 54? No, because that was Mike Myers trying to be serious and i can't watch that but in that movie mike myers plays steve rebel who owns studio 54 and in it brecken myers who is the older brother in the movie we're discussing tonight brecken myers is kind of this like young and up-and-coming stud and mike myers is steve rebel he tells brecken myers i want to suck your cock while this security guard sits in a chair over in the corner reading a red sonya comic book yeah you you've convinced me I don't need to ever see that movie. So let's get back to this movie. So in our opening montage, we see scenes where Herbie's being chased by sharks in the water. We see Herbie alongside a kit, the car from Knight Rider, as you mentioned. And then the Beach Boys singing fades out as we see Herbie repeatedly crash into walls and separately Herbie gets pummeled by a rock slide. Herbie gets all busted and beat up and we see headlines like Herbie is moonlighting as a taxi. Where is Herbie now? And then we just see Herbie being trucked off into a junkyard on the back of a flatbed and i'm hoping for a quick movie chad i figure we've seen what we need to see of herbie this is the inevitable crash of the heights of his fame when he got all high on his own success as well as a number of car related drugs i assume you know a high test one thing i will give credit to for this film is i always assumed that kit was a guy car mm -hmm. because the voice was a guy and the implication is clearly that herbie and kit fuck which in my mind means that herbie kind of goes both ways which is progressive but for again how horny this movie is not a stunner he was hanging out with mike myers portrayer of steve rebel and he wanted to suck the dick of the guy who plays the older brother in this movie it was the 1970s Bo. there was a lot of experimentation and then aids showed up and ruined everything way to go aids herbie was just in the parking lot eyeing kit <laughs> Suck my dick. Oh, Herbie. Come on. <laughs> So Herbie's getting drug into Crazy Dave's Scrap and Salvage. And then there's a tagline beneath the sign that says, we put the cash in crash. And when I read that, I had to think a minute. I was like, is cash in the word crash? Oh, yeah, yeah, there it is. And then I was like, you know what? Rash is in the word crash. Yeah. 
That's true. And given <laughs> the nature of this movie, also uh, fitting. I'm surprised I didn't come away with one. We meet Crazy Dave, the owner of this junkyard, and he's this comical stereotype of a middle-aged white guy with a bad comb over and a terrible mustache. And the whole scene looks like it's kind of staged on a horse farm. It doesn't look like a real scrapyard. There's not nearly enough random dogs running around or coagulated pools of drug informant blood in the dirt. <laughs> there is a cat, though, because uh, Crazy Dave is swinging a golf club, you know, hitting some balls around. Uh-huh. And when he uh, carries through with one of those swings, we get a good old-fashioned... That's never funny. Look, there's a lot of bad news in this movie up front for me. <laughs> a, it starts with the Beach Boys, and I hate the Beach Boys. <laughs> I don't know nothing about Herbie. And then, all of a sudden, I'm getting a, a healthy dose of live-action movies that act like cartoons, which is another thing I'm not crazy about. <laughs> I don't like your Space Jams, your Boris and Natasha's. Your Baby's Days Out. Yes. All that stuff, you can just keep it. it make it a cartoon, and I'm a much happier guy. You know, people who play golf in movies are almost always assholes. It's like this real elitist activity. And then on top of the fact that we're dealing with a comical trope of a mostly inconsequential bad guy, combined with all of the cartoony nature of this real-life reenactment, you're kind of right. This is quadruply shitty. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a real bad tidings ahead. We get to see Herbie here, and he's on this flatbed of the truck. And a, a lot of Herbie's front end is way more expressive of emotion than in any of the other Herbie movies. His front bumper is like a mouth that curves up and down when he's happy or sad, and his headlights blink, like, or his headlight covers kind of blink like eyelids, and the sun visors serve as eyebrows that furrow and show surprise. And to me, the car was more like speed buggy than the love bug. You can go ask your grandmother about that while you're trying to drill her on information about all those drugs she did from the intro. Yeah, clearing the pills out of her medicine cabinet, I bet. You have filthy thieves. What do these do, Grandma? Don't touch those! I'm gonna take these. <laughs> I need those for my heart! No, 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 that's not what I asked. Does it get me hot? Get out of here! <laughs> Y'all worse than the robots! Grandma, is this your vibrator? Get out of my medicine cabinet! Gross, Grandma! Why would she keep it in her medicine cabinet? That's where she keeps all of her <laughs> essential physical needs. Her one-a-days. Like, she's got one of those days of the week flip-up deals. And, like, <laughs> Thursdays is really long. <laughs> well, this is for my arthritis. This is for the heart. And this is for mama. Maybe. I don't know. My grandmother's dead. I can't ask her where she kept her vibrator. All I have is the collection she willed me. <laughs> um, but all right. So we immediately see, though, to your point, that Herbie is this sentient being that kind of raises all kinds of troubling questions for me. Yeah, for everyone. What is his interior life? Is he like a pet? Is he something that has a relatively short lifespan and doesn't really exhibit, say, creativity and consciousness? It's been around since the 60s. I, right. Is it like the wise old whales of the ocean where it's like, oh, it's going to outlive us all? I don't understand the rules of Herbie at all. Like, I don't understand what he's capable of. He can read, one presumes? I like to think of Herbie as being the Lenny of cars. <laughs> you know... When I think of Liddy, there's only one Lenny performance that I go to, and it's the shittiest John Malkovich performance you're ever going to see in a movie. He's a brilliant actor, but his Lenny is 
awful. I thought you were going to say Michael McKeon on Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> no, I was. <laughs> hey, can I pet the rabbit's dodge? It should be viewed the same way that that Rosie O'Donnell other sister movie should be frowned upon, you know? The only way I'm going to frown upon that movie is if you make me do a headstand. (laughs) So we see Herbie getting pulled in, and this fat bastard gets out of the cab of this truck that's dragging Herbie into the junkyard. And this big fatso, he's all out of breath because he has poor diet choices, and he clearly doesn't exercise. And this guy's wearing coveralls, and he's got a big set of tire marks across his chest, implying that he was possibly run over, or at least his clothes were run over once upon a time. But we're dealing with a real stupid fat bastard here. Yeah. This fat guy says, Crazy Dave, I had a real hard time getting this critter on my truck. Did he just say critter? So he's a commoner. Is that what we get from this Hollywood? God dang it. I had to trick him on a truck. I sure did. He ended up stealing all my money. (laughs) I signed my house over to this car. (laughs) He's got my power of attorney. He he has officially separated me and my wife on irreconcilable differences. I don't know how. This is one smart car. Crazy Dave says, I've blown bigger things out of my nose and prettier too. And it's here that Herbie entertains us, the audience, by providing some family-friendly, non-racist, comical blackface as Herbie blasts thick black exhaust into the face of Crazy Dave, who is left looking like he's on his way to a minstrel show i think that last part was kind of racist you know he blew it right out the tailpipe this is like herbie's way of just directly shitting on this guy's face but it is a german car <laughs> Scheiße. herbie shits on a lot of people in this movie <laughs> yeah the scheiße is good you remember that time i brought that movie over to you what do you think i'm quoting that was horrible let's not talk about that at all <laughs> i told that story about a week ago <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll save that one for another day yeah but so herbie shits on this guy's face and the driver says gold daughter i think that car used to be a race car and crazy dave says yeah in the ugly annapolis 500 and then herbie throws a fucking hubcap at this dude like a throwing star <laughs> right at crazy dave's noggin and now i'm starting to get interested as a viewer i'm like shit if this is a surprise sequel to christine it dude it, that's what it feels like I think that this car may be possessed by the devil. It's vindictive. There is no question about that. You think Crazy Dave might perform an exorcism? The power of Chrysler compels you? (laughs) Oh, I was wondering where that was going. And I liked it. (laughs) Drive into me. Drive into me. (laughs) We get a little bit of Herbie vision here. And Herbie looks over and he can apparently read now. And he sees a sign that says exit. So Herbie makes a run for it. And he drags Crazy Dave along the ground as Crazy Dave holds on to the tow chain. And uh, this fat bastard, he kind of runs off after them. So Herbie makes a run for it. And on his way out of this pretend junkyard, Herbie runs over some random metal that's strewn about. And Herbie gets a flat tire. Crazy Dave threatens to crush Herbie at some point in the future, but he just walks away. We're done with this scene. So we cut away to college graduation where we hear a cover of a Beach Boys classic hit, Fun, 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 as Lindsay Lohan's stunt double rides in on a skateboard at the very last minute so that Lindsay Lohan can accept her college diploma as her proud papa, Michael Keaton, wearing a jacket that has his name embroidered on the front lapel, claps with enthusiasm. And Bo, I want to ask you, did you, did you notice uh, uh, what university Lindsay Lohan was graduating from? 
from? <laughs> I I did. I didn't make note of his all. It's Los Angeles University. <laughs> yeah, right. Famously. Good old LAU. Folks, this is essentially the Wind One University from that SNL sketch. Remember where they just brought the yeah. students in and they said, look, you got to be here one day out of the year. <laughs> look, you don't want to be here. We don't want to be here. But we need you here three days out out of your college career. Parents' day, graduation. And like visiting day. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to split the money with you. If you tell anyone about this, we will kill you. It was, no, we will find you and we will kill you. (laughs) If you tell anyone else, if you tell any of your friends about this, we will find you. And we will kill you. <laughs> it was a fantastic sketch. Wasn't that Billy Crystal? I think so. Oh my God. There's a real poochy quality to this entrance that I want to point out. Like cruising in on the skateboard. It's like, hey, she's all right, isn't she, kids? Oh, just... Chad, are you familiar with the term pablum? Yes. That is what we're dealing with here. Like this was the point in the film where I started to really hate Thomas Lennon as a person. There's no joy in this movie at all. Everyone is collecting a paycheck. They are delivering the bare minimum required to not get fired from the set. It is nice, though, to see Michael Keaton in the movie before his face became 100% wrinkles, because there's still a little daylight in this one. I wanted to ask you, we know this is a fake university, and she's basically the female Poochie, but... What do you think her degree was in at this college? She says it's communications is her degree. I thought it was like advanced spiritual alignment. Like this is one of those colleges where they let the students dictate their own curriculum. Yeah, I had a major in namaste with a minor and crystals it took a year of introspection one class was just a walkabout man he was just getting out in nature and understanding things two of my professors were owls i got a g in that class because g was amazing i graduated magnum cum awesome (laughs) michael keaton comes up and hugs Lindsay lohan and it's real important to remember in this movie that Lindsay lohan is his daughter and not his wife because it's easy to get that mixed up it's also easy to get it mixed up that we're not watching like birdman in birdman you got michael keaton and emma stone and emma stone looks like Lindsay lohan so you get these movies mixed up in birdman which is a lot like Batman and you get those movies mixed up. Michael Keaton, he's Bat Dad. I'm Bat Dad. He, he grunts and growls and he doesn't really do anything. It feels like he should be a big deal in this movie and he just never is. He doesn't do anything in this movie at all. You could combine his character and the brother who might get his dick sucked by Michael Myers in that movie 54 and they're kind of one and the same. Yeah. So we leave Bat Dad Michael Keaton alone and about this time Lindsay Lohan's best friend, um, her name's charisma that's her name bo uh-huh she's played by jill ritchie who was in deb's the other movie that the director of this movie made jill ritchie was also the public relations director from arrested development who had the hots for michael and i don't know her from anything else so this really important character charisma shows up for about 32 seconds and then leaves the movie for an hour she shows up and she's in a new car and it is adorable and we get all kinds of rapid fire exposition about how charisma is going to paris and charisma and uh, Lindsay Lohan are going to be roommates in New York and Lindsay Lohan and she have internships with ESPN which is the sports network owned by the Disney Corporation and then Bat Dad Michael Keaton chimes in and he says we got to meet your brother Breck and Meyer at the racetrack I think Mike Myers wants to suck his cock 
It's really strange to hear Lindsay Lohan in this movie speak with her younger voice, just because you hear her so much in modern cinema. And by that, I mean reality TV shows where she's overseeing a sexy hotel. And in this scene, she looks over at Bat Dad Michael Keaton and she's she's just like, hey, Bat Dad, don't I get a graduation lunch? And do you have my lighter? And so we cut to the racetrack where these two are sucking on chili dogs outside the Tasty Freeze. And um, I don't really know what that means. And so we're at this racetrack and we introduce another character, Cheryl Hines. She's there and provides some exposition about how she is the sponsor of Bat Dad Michael Keaton's NASCAR team. And you're like, he has a NASCAR team? And then brother Brecken Meyer, he's racing around the NASCAR track and then he spins out in a very unexciting fashion. Brecken Meyer climbs out of the car, kind of in a Ricky Bobby style. And Brecken Meyer turns out as kind of a fuck up when it comes to racing. Yeah, he's terrible. Like you said, we're just dumping exposition position left and right so we can get the story out of the way in this movie i think so we can get the movie out of the way in this movie he gets out of the car all pissed off when Lindsay lohan sees him she's like hey you're taking the turns too fast or some fucking driving tip i wasn't really paying attention by this point you should have camshafted the manifold breck and meyer and breck and meyer's response is oh yeah so did you learn that in college and then runs off and it's like, wait a second, do we have like a George Bailey scenario here? What's happening? Was that the deal? Do you remember when having a college education was something to be admired and not something that people looked down upon as a elitist status symbol? You think you're better than me with your facts and your education and your knowledge? Fuck you and your words and science. You don't know shit. I guess except for the shit you know, but I know what's happening in the world. Why are you yelling at me? I'm just trying to buy these Tic Tacs. Fuck you, man. I'm going to leave ten dollars here i don't need your charity what should i get a card or something i can't read how dare you i i would be happy to volunteer some time and teach you to read you know what i don't fucking need you to come around here being generous drops his pants can you read my ass how about that look at this this makes babies i've got eight of them fuck you man what eight penises (laughs) now we got a movie Octopenis. Octopussy. Damn it, it's taken. I didn't expect that to happen in the Herbie movie review. Did you see Herbie fully loaded? We're just like tip of the iceberg on how this movie is all about sex. Um, and I couldn't be happy. <laughs> so Bat Dad is driving his two kids, Lindsay Lohan and brother Breckenmeyer, back home. On their way, they pass this tree that apparently Lindsay Lohan crashed into with a car once upon a time. And the dad and the brother, they laugh and laugh. And but my guess is that anybody that has suffered a car accident that involved a collision in an automobile hitting a tree at a high rate of speed is probably haunted by dreams of this dramatic event that visit them nightly so fuck these two for laughing at this young lady's misfortune the only funny i was really drunk and hit this object story that i have ever heard comes from internet nerd andy (laughs) as you will know who backed into the titan stadium Not not a pylon, the goddamn stadium. That takes skill. That's why it's funny. Here, Bat Dad Michael Keaton says, You know, Lindsay Lohan, when you see that tree in the rearview mirror, you're on your way to a better life. So get the hell out of this shitberg town and go make your way in the world. Wait, hold on a second, Dad. Aren't we in Los Angeles? I mean, I just graduated from that university. <laughs> they live in the suburbs. Get out of this horrible town. Go somewhere. Go to Gotham. Or Metropolis. Hey, Lindsay Lewin, get out of this bedroom community. You can make something of yourself. Not like your brother. Your brother's a real piece of shit. Get out of here. Don't even look at me. Don't turn around. Just like that Ace of Base Talk. 
Don't turn around the ceiling. So we're back in the house. Bat Dad Michael Keaton and the family are there, and we get a whole other dump of exposition that there was once a mom, and but she's been dead for one, maybe ten years. I don't know. And we find out that this NASCAR team that Michael Keaton's running uh, with his ding dong son, they're not doing too well. Michael Keaton walks over to this wall of photos involving the grandfather, who is a real NASCAR driver, and he takes down this picture and hangs up Lindsay Lohan's liberal everything degree. We see all these photos on the wall and we realize that NASCAR is in the blood of this family. However, it looks like the majority of them are all failures when it comes to driving. Spoiler alert, Lindsay Lohan is a terrible driver too, continuing the theme that no one in this family should be behind the wheel of any car ever. In celebration of her graduation, he's like, hey, Lindsay Lohan, tomorrow morning, I'll take you to the worst car lot ever and you can pick up. You can pick out any car you want. There's almost there's almost no chance those cars will run. But it's all yours. That's how much I love you, Lindsay Lohan. Now get out of here. Get out of this town. Use your shitty car to get away. Can you imagine a parent telling their child, hey, tomorrow as a graduation present, I'm going to buy you a car. And you're like, great. And then they take you to a junkyard that is full of scrap metal and shit. Look, she is so fucking excited when she gets to this junkyard, though. Talk about managing expectations. Apparently, Bat Dad has done enough shitty birthdays and, and other holidays <laughs> that the fact that there's even an acknowledgement is a celebration. <laughs> And this is also the first time, Chad, where it feels like Lindsay Lohan is wearing a shirt that really shows off her tits. Yeah. In my notes, I was like, hey, is this shirt a little tight? Maybe this is just me. And you can follow through the progression of my notes, Chad, as it's like, holy shit, what is she wearing? Her shirts get smaller and her breasts get larger as this movie moves along. It's like she was pregnant and her tits were coming in for feeding. I don't think that's true. That's just a, an internet theory that I've just created. For feeding. How dare you. <laughs> so she she wanders the, this junkyard. And at first she sees like this stock car that's all busted up. Then creepy ass little Herbie wakes up and starts glowing. Uh -huh. Like the headlights start <laughs> glowing as he sees his next victim Lindsay lohead gets behind the wheel of this stock car and she's like you know vroom vroom like pretending to <laughs> race a nascar she's 22 years old at least I, I mean the character is Lindsay lohead herself is like 47 in this movie <laughs> and keaton is like hey Lindsay lohead did you find a car yet and she's like no i'm still looking <laughs> and <laughs> Then Herbie just full on comes to life at this point and tries to get her, uh -huh. but he, he's stuck in a rut, which I thought was going to be a metaphor for something, but that's way too smart for this movie. He's got one flat tire at least. So the, this forklift comes along and, and picks him up and is taking him off to the crusher, which I don't, <laughs> the crusher, but I don't really understand this whole setup because I thought Crazy Dave was like, I hate this car and I'm going to crush it. Mm -hmm. But when you next see Herbie, it looks like 
it's been sitting there for a while. Crazy Dave is a big ideas kind of guy. His downfall <laughs> is execution and follow through. I understand. I get it. We've all got a Crazy Dave in our lives. And look, some of us are a Crazy Dave, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's be self-aware. The, this forklift has picked Kirby up and has taken him to the crusher. And Lohan is talking to Bat Dad. And we see like Herbie pass behind her like it's noises off or something. Mm -hmm. And then Herbie just starts talking like, hey, 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 don't let them kill me. <laughs> I'm alive. Hey, 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 I'm a, I'm a person. And <laughs> Lindsay Lohan is like, oh my God, look at this. Look at this Nissan right in front of this shitty Volkswagen. And Michael Keaton is like, hey, Lindsay Lohan. Did you give that Volkswagen a good look? I really like the cut of its jib. You can use them to get out of here, Lindsay Lloyd. And she's like, yeah. Hey, I'm just not into it, all right? It's not my car. It's just Harvey Fires Day at this point. So she's kind of negotiating while Herbie is like literally flailing for his life behind her. Like wipers are going crazy. Doors are flapping. It's like something out of Maximum Overdrive. Dude, it's like a Cronenberg movie. <laughs> It, it's really unsettling. I think with a little creativity, you could take this movie and re-edit a trailer to make it into a horror film. Did you ever see that trailer for Doubtfire where they turned it into a horror film? Oh, yeah. Just do that with this. That would be fun. I'm never going to do that. You know, my friends call me Crazy Dave, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, that would require watching this movie a lot, and I just, I don't have that kind of time left. I feel like we've already watched it a lot. Yeah. This movie, I it took me three different sittings to get through this movie. <laughs> I just, I really hate it so much. It's so, it's just garbage. But in, speaking of, Herbie lands on this Nissan, destroying it. And Lindsay Lohan is like, well, I guess I gotta take this. This is the only other working car on your, in quotes, lot. So I guess this is it. I'll give you 50 bucks. And Crazy Dave is like, oh, I couldn't possibly part with Herbie. So far too special. He doesn't call him Herbie, but you know. And Lindsay Lohan is like, how about $75? And then fishes some more money out of her bra. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bad Dad kind of wraps up the scene by going, hey, Lindsay Lohan, at least we know the horn works. <laughs> Smoke bomb. Poof. Where did he go? Where does he get those wonderful toys? Shut up, you. <laughs> I make a good Batmobile. <laughs> so Herbie is then, because he's stalking Lindsay Lowen at this point, just watching her skate on her skateboard and do little swerves and flips and stuff. I don't know what you call skateboard tricks. Doesn't it seem like the skateboarding moves here should be leveraged by Herbie later? I think he kind of does because he grinds on a guardrail. Yeah. And he kind of spins on his rear bumper once or twice, but it's not so explicitly done that we as the audience realize, oh, he's mimicking her skateboard moves. The only time I thought of it is there's a race coming up where after that, Lindsay Lohan is like, he, he did it just like it was my skateboard. And I was like, he did? Oh, okay. <laughs> you say so. <laughs> and but then later you, you like you said you see the grindy on the rail and it's like did he see her do that i don't remember her ever doing that in the movie but i guess he just like he was like you could do other tricks <laughs> that's just a sample 
So, you know, apparently Herbie is getting all these ideas in his mechanical head about this stuff. And Bad Dad has kind of serviced him a little bit. And, and Lindsay Lohan is, is getting in. Michael Keaton says, hey, it's kind of weird. The speedometer on this thing goes all the way to 200. Those are kilometers, sweetheart. They're not miles per hour. I spent a little time overseas. Don't ask. That's how far it's going to go. Notice it goes backwards. <laughs> That's the odometer. <laughs> yeah. We got 200 miles left. Use them wisely. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan reaches over and pops open the glove box. No, it falls open on its own. It, like, it's Herbie just like, meh. <laughs> I'm immediately thinking this is a suicide note. <laughs> Yes. This is from the elderly couple that drove this car into their garage, shut the door, finished off an episode of Prairie Home Companion, and drifted off into the netherworld. After my diagnosis, I told my Sally, well, there's no point in you living on either. <laughs> so we drove into the lake. Please take care of Herbie. And by the way, there's a lot of stains in the back seat. Henry and I have owned this car since we were 16. P.P.S. In the trunk you will find an assortment of dildos and vibrators, each marked with their usage by day of the week. P.P.P.S. The trunk is in the front. (laughs) (laughs) Here's something you may not know about me. I used to leave suicide notes in apartments when I would move out of them. I would tuck them up in the door jams on the inside of the closet and I would write all kinds of crazy shit in them just in the hopes of getting the new people that moved in to break their lease. Like they didn't want to live there because of that. Some people just want to see the world burn, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, here's some chaos. One of them, I lived in an apartment complex that had a lake and I wrote this elaborate story about how I just swam out into the lake and then that's where I died. What did it end? Uh, No, I was like, I wrote it saying after I write this, I'm swimming in the lake and I'm going to die. Oh, okay. I thought it was like a Lovecraft story where it's like, oh, the thing is at the door. Here it comes. (laughs) No. No, I was much smarter than that, Bo. You yeah, know? you're way better a writer than H.P. Lovecraft ever was. What a <laughs> fucking hack. Oh. <laughs> oh. Anyway. So back back to this movie. The note says, please take care of Herbie. If you need help, he'll help you find the answers or something to that effect. Would you immediately assume that Herbie was the car? If I see this in my glove, I'm like, who the hell is Herbie? What I would be doing is bitching about the fact that it didn't have power passenger windows as I cranked down the window and threw that useless <laughs> piece of paper away and then never thought of it again. Lindsay Lohan puts the key in the car and Herbie just takes off driving while Lindsay Lohan screams and fear for her life again it's christine it is maximum overdrive this is a horror film for children and she's rightfully screaming during this scene yeah and the music is this lido deck kettle drum tropical background noise but if it's me i am shitting my pants in fear if i get in a car and it takes off driving itself in such of a fashion i'm I'm gonna die that's my only thought I'm going to die. Now that you've said it, laying in that ACDC maximum 
overdrive, like, eh, 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 music over this. Totally effective. It's no less terrifying than the bridge scene in the opening of Maximum Overdrive. Or the cans of Coke decimating an entire Little League team. That movie is amazing. Herbie drives into a barn garage, the kind that you might find in A Days of Thunder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And here we meet Justin Long, who apparently went to high school with Lindsay Lohan back in the day. And he's quite smitten with her because she's in her early 20s and she's Lindsay Lohan. And her breasts are slightly larger than they were the last time we saw her. Don't worry, they're going to continue to get bigger and bigger as the movie goes on. And Justin Long is a mechanic. And while he and Lindsay Lohan catch up, Herbie kind of just bucks and farts and makes noises in the background and justin long says uh hey Lindsay lohan i can fix up your car for no money i'll just you know donate all my time and all the parts for free i mean if there's anything you want to exchange work out some kind of agreement you smell so good oh my god you smell so good <laughs> yeah my darling I can't get enough of your love babe <laughs> i mean that's this uh, from this point on in the movie everybody is about to fuck one of my favorite moments in this scene though one of my few moments in this movie that actually made me laugh unintentionally Lindsay lohan when she first comes into the garage and justin long is like hey normally you you're in a race car or something what's with this piece of shit and she's like you know what you're right fuck this car i'm out of here and he's like no 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 wait 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 maybe we can fix it up <laughs> like she's real quick to turn on herbie in a way i really appreciate she's not a very good person and she's not a very good driver right and we see evidence of both of those all throughout this film justin long tells her hey we should take a test drive in your car or something and as they're cruising around justin long says uh hey Lindsay lohan we should go to the fairgrounds there's a custom car show and maybe we could get car parts there or something and Lindsay lohan says like look sweetie i'm not gonna go anywhere but the sunset lounge it's two for one till 3 p.m we're going left here. And at this point, Herbie just pops a wheelie and then Wipeout starts playing. And Herbie speeds down the road and we get more screaming and shouting from Lindsay Lohan. Herbie ends up driving Lindsay Lohan and Justin Long to this street hot rod car show. Why? Who knows? We just need to keep the plot of this movie rolling along. And at this fairground or wherever we are, we see all these souped up muscle cars and we get a group of Hispanic youths that show up to rag on Lindsay Lohan because uh, they know her. And she has a history of being a street racer or something. That doesn't really matter. And at this point, one of the Hispanic youth calls Herbie ugly. And then Herbie gets sad. Yeah. You know, like his hood sags and stuff. And uh, it's it, again, one of those moments in the movie where I'm like, yeah, that evil car is finally getting his comeuppance i'm thinking that evil car is just building up rage and i was like this seems like the perfect group of kids that would just get crushed in an alleyway over and over and over again by herbie but yeah the one thing we don't see in this movie that makes him not quite a christine is he can't repair himself which is maybe the one good thing about herbie is that you can kill it <laughs> let's enter our movie's villain matt Dillon, who is the bad guy proper is he a good bad guy in this movie if the movie were told from from his point of view where he is a star athlete in the nascar sport and somebody with a fucking magic car comes up to steal all his glory uh-huh yes he is a hundred percent the protagonist of that film would you watch that version of grendel yes i would john gardner's herbie <laughs> so 
So yeah, so Matt Dillon shows up in this movie as Trip Murphy, the uh, the the rival driver, and he's got wraparound shades. Chad, he's got a MAGA hat. It's striking, and he's schmoozing the fans. And his uh, his buddy, his his kind of second in command, Crash, is played by uh, Westworld's Jimmy Simpson, aka McPoyle from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And McPoyle hands him a copy, like you know, Trip is talking to the crowd, and McPoyle hands him a copy and of a video game. And Trip Murphy says, "Hey, and you use you know want to play my new video game? And uh, what what is it called? Uh, it's uh, undefeated. Trip Murphy undefeated. And then he just tosses it out. One copy, one lousy copy out into the crowd. <laughs> and immediately McPoyle is like, "We gotta go." <laughs> like that was our our, our moment. And uh, there's a Sports Illustrated shoot coming up to ensure that we know that he's the villain. Matt Dillon says, "Hey, when the groupies come around this time, how about you know you get." some pictures with the phone numbers because last time it was just the numbers and that led to a lot of problems you know what i'm saying there were some real uggos that you picked and i need to see photographic evidence of who i'm gonna fuck the kind of girls i'm looking for you know like maybe uh, uh nev campbell or denise richard maybe give them both a kiss or something like that look in the pinch maybe a selma blair that's kind of like a nev campbell light if you see a kevin bacon or kevin bacon type with the great big huge penis i'm not saying no look one thing no one's ever gonna accuse trip murphy of is not being open-minded you know i mean you put a, a pretty dick in front of me trip murphy's gonna suck it <laughs> Mike Myers is in the corner reading a Red Sonia. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, but he ends it with he was like, hey, I don't want what happened in Phoenix to happen again. You know, I do enough charity work already over here. And you're like, wow, that this is G, right? He's like talking about charity fucks. Okay, fair enough. This is a family friendly film and he's talking about fucking ugly girls. Yeah, and they're just tits everywhere. And then some knucklehead runs up to Matt Dillon and is like, hey, sign my head. And Matt Dillon's like, yeah, all right, give me a shoppy. Let's just go ahead and sign that up. Pull down your pants. I'll do- oh, hey, wait, that's not what you're talking about? Oh, sorry, hey. You're like a third of a Kevin Bacon. That's nothing to be proud of. Pull those things back up. <laughs> that's how I measure penises. <laughs> I got like seven-eighths of a Kevin Bacon, and I am I'm proud. You, that's nothing. As Matt Dillon is signing autographs and measuring cocks, Lindsay Lohan tells Justin Long that she's over Herbie being a haunted nightmare of a car. And Lindsay Lohan goes to the back of Herbie to monkey with his engine. And it's here that Herbie shits all over her shirt with this big glob of car dung. Or maybe it's oil. I hope it's oil or dung. Right, right on her tits. Like we weren't paying enough attention. Here you go. Look at her tits. It's like a wet t-shirt. <laughs> Up in the front of the car, Justin Long finds this silver and pink racing suit and matching helmet that once belonged to the previous owner who tragically took her own life after concluding that no one would ever believe her that the car was possessed and trying to kill all humans. And the helmet in the trunk says Max with two X's. And Justin Long comes over and hands Lindsay Lohan this racing suit and helmet. And since Lindsay Lohan's clothes, by that I mean her huge boobs in this 
thick black liquid, she decides to just change into the stranger's garments that once belonged to a dead person who used to own Herbie. Yeah, because her oil street tits are, are so on display in this children's movie, she is forced to change in the backseat of a car, which leads to Justin Long trying to perv on her by using her, Herbie's mirrors. And then Herbie is like fighting the mirror away. And look, I'm not saying I look, Chad, but you can't see anything. Are Herbie's rear view mirrors like another set of eyes in addition to his headlamps? Yeah, he sees all. So Justin Long is trying to use the mirror to see her, but Herbie's like, I can take a look at her bare naked breasts. Me, me, me. The girl belongs to me. If you get close, I'll kill you. That wasn't. Shit. It was automotive semen. So she finally gets out of this car with the helmet on. Herbie swings the door and knocks her into the car. And her, like her head goes into the helmet the same way that the chainsaw locked onto Ash's arm in Army of Darkness. Yeah. When she stands up, Matt Dillon is right there. He's like, hey, oh, look, somebody in the helmet. Hey, I'd hide my face too if I drove a car like that. No. <laughs> And Justin Long passes by, really gives him a shoulder to kind of spoil another autograph. Matt Dillon turns around and he's like, Hey, you better get that car back to the circus before Bozo calls out an APB over here. Oh! MD, you stung her! You know, I've been working on that one. I've been workshopping that one a little bit. I felt pretty good about it. I thought the delivery was good. So you can take your best ass on out of here now. <laughs> It's a weird, it's, it's like a Baroque insult, which is really strange for this character. And as they're leaving, uh, Herbie just takes over and then kind of keys Matt Dillon's stock car with his mirror. And everyone sees it. And like Herbie dropped a lunch tray. Everyone's like, oh, Herbie is fucking up his car. Lindsay Lohan is like, oh my God, I didn't do that. <laughs> Well, then her Hispanic posse just starts chanting, race, 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 race. And I'm like, uh-oh, race war. Wait, they mean race cars. Helter Skelter. <laughs> they want whoever's driving Herbie. Remember, it's Lindsay Lohan dressed up as this other person, Max. They want them to race NASCAR champion driver Matt Dillon for honor because Matt Dillon's car got keyed. Yeah, I think that's the idea. It should also be noted that Lindsay Lohan's helmet does not have the face guard down during any of this scene she's just sitting in this car clearly visible as Lindsay lohan every anyone who looks at the car knows that there is a red-headed woman with continually growing breasts sitting in the driver's seat oh we'll get to the forensic unit that needs to suss this mystery out but it's race time between matt Dillon and Lindsay lohan and Lindsay lohan doesn't want to race it's just that herbie's trapped her in the car she is an unwilling passenger to this race yeah, the doors lock, the windows go up, and Lindsay Lohan screams. The radio starts to glow, and <laughs> she starts choking. Matt Dillon pulls up in his car, <laughs> and he's got all this high-tech onboard computer gadgets, and Herbie is, you know, a piece of haunted shit right beside him. And so Crash, the assistant to Matt Dillon, he steps up to start the race, and he drops these little flags. And so Herbie and Matt Dillon in his car, they take off as Steppenwolf performs Born to be Wild. And our races have happening in full swing and during this race herbie drives himself with Lindsay lohan doing nothing to win this race at 
all. She doesn't shift gears. She doesn't steer. She doesn't accelerate. At one point, Matt Dillon just sideswipes Herbie and Herbie spins out. And it's a real ballsy move on the part of, of Matt Dillon. And I kind of liked the way that in this race sequence, it did feel like the original Herbie movies where you have the static placement of the actors in the foreground and you have this rear projection of all the action in the background. And it felt very nostalgic in the way that they shot it. I just wanted to point out at least one good thing in this movie. Yes, I totally agree. If if it had looked more like that, I think that the cartoonish nature of the movie would have gone over better. Yeah. After they get smacked around, Lindsay Lohan looks over at Matt Dillon and says, all right, sweetie, is that how you want to do it? And Lindsay Lohan and Herbie, they just start going 140 miles per hour on the city streets of Los Angeles or wherever they are. And at one point, Herbie ends up spinning on his rear bumper to get around Matt Dillon's car. And as we noted earlier, this may be kind of the skateboard moves that we saw. And Matt Dillon and Herbie race towards the finish line. And Herbie ends up grinding on the guardrail, as we mentioned earlier. And Lindsay Lohan is just shrieking like olive oil as Herbie crosses the finish line, winning the race. Lindsay Lohan having done nothing to assist with this victory. (laughs) Yes. And Matt Dillon gets out with this real, what the fuck happened there? Jesus Christ. I don't even know. I mean, once I got to look over and the fucking cars on the rails. I mean, that's not supposed to happen. That's like really weird for a car to do. You can go fuck yourself. Maybe, maybe. Hey, you, anybody else here, like when it's beeping its horn, it sounds a little like it's using like blue, blue language <laughs> and being insulting over here. Hey, like it even knows my measurements over here. Like no one else hears that. I mean, I know. I mean, so I got good hearing. I know people tell me that all the time, but somebody else got to be. Like, I feel like you guys are just messing with me now. We cut to the barn garage where Lindsay Lohan tells Justin Long, Hey, all that driving, it totally wasn't me. It was just the car. During the race, I was wishing I was on my skateboard. And Herbie, he just took my thoughts and made them come true or something. I know that sounds crazy, but I think I might be high. And at this point, Justin Long finally uses the word like, hey, is this car possessed? And also, Lindsay Lohan's nipples are so hard in this scene, Chad. And I hate to keep bringing this up, but it's just so obvious. It's like they frame her to make sure that you are getting a good look at her rack throughout this entire movie. During this scene, Herbie opens up one of his doors and hits Justin Long in the ass because Justin Long calls him a hunk of junk. And it just continually amazes me how no one raises an eyebrow when it comes to the mischievous and unexplained behavior of this demon car. Yeah, I can only assume this is part of Herbie's power set, that it just exudes some aura that makes everyone you know, kind of cool with the idea of a sentient car. I guess so. Because, like, Ju- Justin Long, like I said, he he calls the car possessed at one point, and she's like, yeah, all right, I guess your car, I don't know, is haunted or something. I mean, comes right next door to proving an afterlife, and that's really something that I'm going to have to wrestle with, but anyway, you m- want me to work on it or something? <laughs> Like, everyone's way too nonchalant about this miracle and or curse. Did you hear? There's a meteor uh, up in the sky. It's going to be here for 30, 40 days. I forget what it was. Just going to take a ride out to the Dixie Boy. Uh, you want to you wanna take this hunk of shit? <laughs> oh, well, it just spit oil on my leg. <laughs> That's not oil. Back at Bat Dad Manor, uh, Michael Keaton comes out and Breck and Meyer's there. And these two are arguing. And Bat Dad's like, what do sponsors know about racing 
And Breckin Meyer says, Dad, they pay our bills. Mike Myers only has so much money to hand out. And then Lindsay Lohan shows up. And again, she is wearing yet another shirt that is much tighter than when the one we saw earlier. I got, This was the point for me where I was like, you know what? I can see how some of those moms got a little miffed about her, her girls. And it gets worse, Chad. By the time you're at the end of this movie, it's amazing. She's just not like in a halter top and no bra. She's got a couple of red, white, and blue stars strapped on her chest. Sexily washing a car. <laughs> well, that happens. You're, oh my God. You're right. I forgot that there's a... <laughs> sexy car wash like immediately bat dad is is like hey lindsey lohan why are you coming home so late they have this whole back and forth about like i look i'm 57 years old i think i'll come and go as i please thank you very much whose name is on the mortgage of this house well probably mom's because everything was in her name that's not the point lindsey lohan this is my house, my rules. I asked her once, how come everything's in your name? What are you, hiding from the mob? And she said, no, you were some kind of vigilante. We just let you have it. Smoke bomb, poof. You're standing right here, all right? I've been smoking unfiltered for 47 years. You're gonna affect me with your secondhand crap from a magic store? Please. How about you give me a gin and tonic and we can forget this whole conversation happened? At this point, Cheryl Hines shows up driving one of those new VW Beetles. And Herbie sees this other yellow VW. And we get some stripper music to show that Herbie is all horny for this other car. It's kind of that... And you're like, oh, he's going to have sex with that car. Uh, he's like, I'm totally going to hit that. Hey, Lindsay Lohan, do you know that car's owner? I'm going to stalk that car. Cheryl Hines comes inside the house to show Bat Dad this video footage of Herbie outracing Matt Dillon in this street race. And Bat Dad gets pissed off and says, you promised me. No more street racing. I almost lost you once when you hit that tree. And I'm not going to lose you again because you look like your mom and I miss her. I don't want you to die like my wife, Martha. Right. And she's like, look, it wasn't even me. All right. It was my friend, Max. I loaned him the car for a minute. He did the race. I was having a smoke. And I gotta be honest, talking to a very flattering young waiter who had a lot of nice things to say about my clothes. Do you have any scotch? I could use a top off here, sweets. And by top off, I mean leave the bottle. Thank you and please. And by top off, I mean give me two more of these and my top's coming off. (laughs) (laughs) Bad Dad looks at his daughter and he says, Are you telling me the truth? Because if you're lying to me, I know that I can never forgive you no matter how many NASCAR championships you win by the end of this movie. And Lindsay Lohan looks at her dad and she's like, nah, dad, I swear on the life of my dead mother. That wasn't me driving. You got a Bible? I'll put my hands on it. Sure, I'm not going to lie to God. Whatever. I guess this plays for kids better, but it was really strange for a scene in a major movie to hinge on somebody saying, look, it wasn't me driving. And Michael Keaton's response is, you promise? 
And I was like, hey, sure, whatever. Whatever you say. I mean, I don't know, promise. Yeah, it cross my heart and hope to die, too. But it also sets up your protagonist as being a liar. Oh, everyone's unlikable in this movie. <laughs> Except for, like, Michael Keaton is probably the most likable person, and he's, the, like, the overbearing father in the movie. We cut to Matt Dillon's racing headquarters, and here we get the introduction of Thomas Lennon's character. And remember, Thomas Lennon, he wrote this movie. I guess that payday wasn't enough, and he needed a little acting scratch to help make ends meet. Oh, how dare he double dip on this movie? He Like, there's a special kind of hell for Thomas Lennon after this outing. I like Thomas Lennon. I do too, but... I like how fast he talks. You're right. I like Thomas Lennon a lot, but also it's like, oh, he just completely gamed the system. And was just like, what? A Herbie movie? I can write that. Fuck, whatever. Mm-hmm. You need a key grip? Second unit sound editor? I can do that. You know, craft service supervisor? I got a food truck. Dog wrangler? How many leashes? I've got 22 in the trunk of my car, you know? So, you need an editor? I've, ar- I've already got the software. I can do that. I wear a lot of hats in, in for, for one movie. I'm good. It's me, Thomas Lennon. I do it all. Do you need someone to make hats? I can make hats. <laughs> In this scene, Thomas Lennon goes up to Matt Dillon uh, while Matt Dillon is filming an aftershave commercial. And Thomas Lennon says, the sensors are all over me and the ESPN special is down the drain. Remember, ESPN is the sports network owned by the Disney Corporation, that ESPN. It's down the drain because you banished the film crew to Siberia. It's a funny word, Siberia. Uh, Siberia is very far away and banishing someone there is something that's very funny that happens. I believe it happened in the movie Aladdin, which was very popular, very successful. That's why I'm using it here. Hey, look, I just can't deal with any of this right now. I don't know if you know, but like I lost a race and it's really kind of sticking in my craw and so like he abandons his commercial to just go watch this tape over and over again of the break room question mark of this set uh in slow-mo to see himself lose and he says to his it turns out thomas lynn is his brother in the movie is he just what his brother, yes, they they mention it one time, but yes, Thomas Lennon is his brother in the film. This movie pulls that a few times where you meet characters and then later on you're like, wait, they're married? Yeah. Wait, they're twins? Yeah. It like way at the end of the movie, he's like, hey, you know, it's you're my brother. You know, I love you. And you're like, you're his what? When did that happen? Matt Dillon killed Bat Dad's wife and Matt... <laughs> Dylan is the Joker? What movie are we in? Hey, you know why so serious over there? I don't know. Um, so <laughs> anyway yeah so matt Dillon is obsessed with watching th- this race over and over again and he's like hey i need you to give me a rematch uh he tells him hey look i want you to pull out all the media stops i want you to find this guy i'm gonna exterminate this bug <laughs> which i I, li- I like the fact that he now just hates this car it's not the driver like Oh, I'm going to kill this car. And sure enough, Justin Long in the next scene is at his garage and there's a a newspaper that has an ad advertising $10,000 to beat Trip Murphy at this big race event. Justin Long looks at Lindsay Lohan. They're there with Herbie and Long says, hey, um, we could put a new engine in Herbie and make him go like really faster or something. Um, is that that new lip gloss you're wearing? I'll bet it tastes a lot different than my ex-girlfriend's. Lip gloss, I'll bet. Look, honey, I'm flattered, but unless you got a bottle of Remy in the other hand, you can just keep it moving. About this time, Herbie sees the ad in the newspaper that reads, Beat world-famous NASCAR driver. Find the true meaning of Christmas. 
when money, money, money. And um, there's a $10,000 cash prize. And Justin Long and Lindsay Lohan, they've been yapping to each other about how they need some money. Justin Long to fix up his uh, mechanic barn and Lindsay Lohan to have walk around scratch when she eventually goes to New York. Justin Long says, he's like, hey, I could I could really fix up this place. And I'm thinking, first off, no, you can't, Justin Long, because your whole operation has got to be backed by a trust fund or a mom and dad that really feed into your dreams. Because this place is too nice on the inside and it's way too clean for a 22 year old high school graduate to have accomplished all on his own five grand might buy him a cooler stocked with red bull it's not going to cover the complete rewiring of the electrical that this place certainly needs i don't know what Lindsay lohan's going to do with her cut of the money i know what she should do take driving lessons because she's not a good driver the same way her brother and her father apparently are not good drivers and so it's about this time but we need another montage oh yeah it's about time that we fixed and cleaned the car to i don't know some uh, w- w- what's the popular song playing here chad it's magic as performed by the group pilot a musical group that was formed in 1973 by former bay city roller members david Patton and billy lyle and it's funny because a lot of the songs in this movie are used to advertise pharmaceutical drugs now the song magic is currently used to pitch the type 2 diabetes drug ozemptic where in the current version of the ad they change the lyrics from oh oh it's magic to oh 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 zemtic oh oh <laughs> wow <laughs> there truly is no art left it's all just commerce now chad <laughs> So during this car repair montage, we get some real tasteful G-rated sex scenes. First, Lindsay Lohan and Justin Long are washing the car, and Herbie shakes off the water like he's a dog, and it gets both of them wet. Very wet. Mm-hmm. Very sexy. And then Justin Long is laying in the front seat of the car, and Herbie swings the door around and hits Lindsay Lohan on her ass, and so she falls into the car on top of Justin Long, and we kind of take another cut to the front windshield and we see a 1990s era doc martin boot kick up in the air and smack onto the inside roof of the car while a female hand just plants on the windshield and look for anybody who saw titanic when you see a female hand smack the inside of a car window somebody's fucking james cameron (laughs) not leonardo dicaprio weird um yeah it's like there's the one where they're both in the front seat and herbie just throws the the seats back and it's just like me 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 get to fucking me me i like to watch i like the way it feels on my seats don't bother cleaning up one of my previous owners did did you see the movie sliver sort of like that there's a moment in this sequence where Lindsay lohan is buffing herbie to polish his fender that sounded a lot more naughty when i said it out loud um during this scene herbie shakes his wheel like a dog shakes its leg when you scratch it and Lindsay lohan sees that and she's like hmm that's curious and i'm like really that's curious aren't you wondering what in the hell is going on everyone in this movie is willfully turning a blind eye to the haunted and otherwise terrifying moments that are happening around this automobile there's a point later where lizzie lohan is just like i don't know i just learned to go with it you're like what what automotive possession a transformer 
What the fuck is this thing? Speaking of terrifying moments, during this montage, we see a shot of Justin Long just standing there watching Lindsay Lohan sleep. And look, you can only really get away with watching someone sleep if you're a parent watching your child. Or if you're if you're someone and you're watching a person who is terminally ill sleep, you might get a pass on that. Because under both of those circumstances, you as the audience watching this in a film, you're pretty comfortable that nothing unsavory is about to happen. Yeah. Here, who knows what might go down? Right. Again, this movie is so horny, Chad. Cover to cover. Like, the end of this scene is just them finally just driving down the coast together in Herbie, like, headed to Mexico where their toward relationship will be accepted. But she's not going to give it up to Justin Long. She doesn't even let him put his arm around her at a drive-in movie during this sequence. Nah. If you're 22 or 23 and you're playing wash the car and spray each other and you're not going to fuck later, like what are you doing here she's really throwing him some weird signals though but but she's not the signals she's throwing are i'm gonna fuck you later and then she does it but as soon as he makes the move she's like oh no no you better put that arm away you're drawing back a nub mister you know and you're like what the hell i thought i was greenlit i thought this was a done deal i thought the arm around the shoulder was a gimme second base was a question mark i thought i was bunting here like first seemed to guarantee are you worried you might get pregnant sweetheart i've gone through menopause twice Ain't nothing going to grow inside here, all right? That's the least of my worries. God bless you for thinking I still could. <laughs> You're such a sweetie. Do you want me to go buy you a six-pack of beer? Does your mother know where you are right now? Back at Matt Dillon's high-tech garage, Matt Dillon and his crew chief, uh, McPoyle, they're going over all these algorithms and, you know, high-tech schematics of the love bug Herbie, and there's all this math related to how the car runs. I'm trying to figure out how Herbie goes so damn fast. And then the scene ends with Matt Dillon saying he doesn't know what Herbie has under its hood, but he's gonna find out. So we come back to Bat Dad Manor and it's night and Cheryl Hines is telling Bat Dad that their sponsor, Bass Pro Shop, is gonna drop them. And Cheryl Hines says that brother Brecken Myers sucks at racing. And Bat Dad says he doesn't suck at racing. He's just excellent at crashing. He doesn't really say that. In this scene, Lindsay Lohan shows up wearing, again, a slightly tighter t-shirt as she is continuing to blossom into a woman right before our very eyes. And after this conversation, we get one of the laziest lines you can use in cinema where Bat Dad sees her standing, you know, at the window looking out on the backyard where he and uh, Cheryl Hines were talking. He's like, hey, Lindsay Lohan, how long were you standing there? And she says, oh, long enough. And you're like, ugh, can we just put a moratorium on that couplet of lines in movies for, say, the next 20 years? Let's just retire that for a while and come back to it when it seems fresh again. We then cut to Coachella or Burning Man or Bonnaroo or some other drug-fueled outdoor festival. And it's here all, where all the drivers are showing up to win this $10,000 from Matt Dillon. And there's this whole carnival atmosphere because Matt Dillon wants a rematch with her. Herbie to soothe his fragile ego. This guy's got FU money out the wazoo And Matt Dillon sees Lindsay Lohan there and he says, Hey, uh, 
I know you're the sister of that guy who Mike Myers wanted to suck his cock in that movie 54. Uh, he's also a NASCAR driver in this movie, like me, but uh, what are you doing here? Lindsay Lohan says, I'm sponsoring Max, the guy that made you look like a damn fool on TV a few weeks ago. Good thing the internet isn't around now, or the whole wide world will know you're a fraud of a driver. Yeah jackass but in fairness he's like hey well you know how about you just let me meet this max maybe i don't know maybe we can be friends or something we don't even have to race how about you go fuck yourself well all right i mean i guess tell max i'm really looking forward to the rematch you know maybe maybe after we can go get a i don't know a hamburger or something you know if he's hungry we're not doing that all right matt you know what max is right now he's meditating or maybe he's medicating or maybe he's masturbating you know what maybe he's doing all three i'm just i feel like there's a lot of hostility coming from your side of the conversation i don't know why i look max and i are very close it's as though we're the same person that seems like uh what do they call it one of those <laughs> loaded statements or something i don't know so we get even more shitty music as walking on sunshine begins to play yeah and they're just trotting out the playlist of Again, music you just don't ever have to hear again in your life. And Herbie runs through the desert to the tune of uh, Walking on Sunshine. As as it's going across the desert, though, all I could think is, is we were around Rito when the acid kicked in. You know? <laughs> 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 I, I want like this to be bat country. And the rest of the movie to just be psychedelia. In this sequence, we see Herbie slowly climb up the ranks against all these 200 other drivers. And one incredibly odd thing that happens is that they cut to the crowd and there are six men shirtless with letters painted on their bellies to spell out Herbie. And I'm like, where did these people come from? This has been a story for like a week and he suddenly has fans. And how do they know his name, Chad? That's the craziest fucking part of it. But it goes even further than that. There's a point where a newscaster from local channel 10 is there interviewing people. And in the background, there's no less than 10 people wearing purple t-shirts with the mysterious Mac silhouetted on them. The iconic 53 VW bug logo. Like, where did these people come from? This is an underground street race that has an advertising budget. How did they even know Herbie would be there? I mean, not since the legend of Billie Jean has a grassroots movement like this really taken hold. Fair is fair, Chad. Another thing that I I, I really think is bizarre in, in this scene is, th like, the rules of this race are that there are, what, 18 cars, and at the end of the day, there's just going to be one car. Like, they race each other, and whoever wins all these, you know, semifinal races will race Matt Dillon late. The next day. And we call that, Chad, a car Digstown. Yeah, that's what it is. A hundred percent. As soon as it happened, I was like... Oh my God, is Lewis Gossett Jr. going to be one of the racers? Wouldn't that make this better? <laughs> if he was shirtless with Herbie written on his chest, that'd be awesome. He rips open his shirt and then you realize he's the turncoat. Yeah. For good reasons. So I'm driving this yeah. little car. <laughs> it could fall apart any second. Well, you're not very inspiring. Well, I got to do all the driving. I thought it was only fair that you shared some of the anxiety. <laughs> It's a long way to go for that quote from Digstown, but I, I, I stand by it. We cut back to Matt Dillon's surveillance trailer, which is also where he has sex with all these ugly strangers. And Matt Dillon is looking at this photo that was taken of Max, and he sees that Max has long red hair like Lindsay Lohan. And so here, Bo, you might say the jig is up. <laughs> yeah, he says, he gives it a, a real, hey, got you, Mags. 
Because he apparently he knows this family, even though that relationship is never really established other than it exists. But you don't know if, like, we're, is he rivals other than he knows the Peyton team? I don't know. Again, this is super lazy writing. It's awful. Lindsay Lohan runs off to not have sex with Justin Long, leaving Herbie to look on lovingly at that yellow VW bug that we saw earlier, one that belongs to Cheryl Hines. Or maybe, Bo, it's a different yellow bug. Maybe yellow bugs are Herbie's type. Every Everybody's got a typo. <laughs> yeah, it's the make and the model that really does it for me. Hello by Lionel Richie is playing. It's just the worst. And then his antenna tweaks up like he's got a car boner, Chad. <laughs> and it goes... Right! It makes a boner sound. On top of that, Herbie blasts himself with some nitrous. It's like Dennis Hopper strapping on that gas mask, giving it a... <laughs> Baby wants blue velvet. Me, 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 me. Daddy wants to fuck. Me, me, me. And then Herbie kind of slinks over and just goes nose to nose with this car. Like, it is a vehicular sexual assault that we're witnessing here. And Justin Long walks over and he's rightfully freaked out. And he looks at Herbie and he's like, how did you get over here? This dimwit has seen this car do everything except fly around like a bird. And he's puzzled to how it rolled 50 feet. It got up on two tires and snuck over. Careful not to make any noise. This movie would have been so much better if they had changed just a few things. But, you know, I'd like to play one of our favorite games. This movie would have been so much better if... Because I think this movie would have been so much better if only Lindsay Lohan knew that the car was sentient and she's essentially hiding it from everyone else. The secret was she's Max. The secret was she's not a good driver. And the secret is that Herbie is helping her the whole time. Therefore, a scene like this with Justin Long makes sense because he doesn't understand how this could happen. You know what I mean? I do. I think you're right. I would counter Chad, get rid of Lindsay Lohan altogether and make Make that a much younger character, like a, a character that just turned 16. I could see that. Make it a, like a more uh, more youth-focused film instead of her graduating college and whatnot. Instead of it, and it, you can still do NASCAR, but it makes like hiding the identity a little more interesting, I think. Right. If it's a kid. I could see that. I think this movie would have been better if Bat Dad, Michael Keaton, had been recast by a group of clever raccoons in an oversized raincoat. <laughs> I mean, it's... It's hard to argue that. I think an extended cameo from Terry from Reno 911 <laughs> with a tight pink shorts and all that just apropos of nothing but it's thomas lennon and ben grant like throw them in i think this movie would have been better dennis hopper had been our villain oh yeah if he had been matt Dillon's character let's race um i i would have rated the movie r and just have these people in cars fuck already i would have rated it r but not due to nudity or violence i would have just included a lot more adult themes where characters wrestle with their own psychological trauma and self self-loathing that's pretty good i would also think this movie would be better if the whole movie were kind of an independence day style invasion where herbie is leading the vanguard like he's the scout for the the coming invasion and it would 
would explain his sentience. I think this movie would have been better if it had been 18 hours long and the supplemental footage to hit that runtime was basically Godfather 1 and 2, all three Back to the Futures, and then Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid sands the raindrops keep falling on my head montage. Oh, that would be a great movie. <laughs> if, if you replace this movie with a, another set of classic movies wholesale, yes. I would also throw in a CGI Don Knotts just to have a comedian in this movie do something funny. I think it would have been better if it came with a bowl of soup. What if when Matt Dillon lost the race, he just last boy scouted Lindsay Lohan and Justin Long? <laughs> that would be the greatest movie I ever saw. What if this movie had a running commentary by prison inmates? That would be a far better movie. Mystery Science Cell Block 3000? Yeah. But the whole time it would just be cat calls about her ass and her tits. <laughs> Whoa, look at him titties! <laughs> Chopstick, put your dick back in your pants. Chopstick don't never put his dick back in his pants. Once Chopstick sticks out, it stays out till it does its business. You know Chopstick. All right, back row, Chopstick. Lindsay Lohan comes over to Justin Long, and she's like, yeah, you know, cars do weird shit sometimes. You know, could you look at this thing on my neck? Should I see a doctor about this? Before you answer that question, I don't have insurance. And before you answer that question, smell it first. They say the smell is the fella. Well, you're my fella today. Oh, I'm so happy to hear you say that. Lindsay Lohan, I got you this jewelry box. I hope you love it. It's great. I swear to God, if this is an engagement ring, I don't know what I'm going to do. You never give a girl a ring and not know the answer. Also, next time, let's do it at a restaurant. I'm just going to give this back to you. We're going to do a take two. I've planned this out. All right. <laughs> I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. It's what a girl fantasizes about her whole life. I can wait a little longer to get it right. And yes, I wear white. Look, honey, this wedding is gonna cost you heads up. And the divorce is gonna cost you three times as much. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> you say prenup, I say bye-bye. <laughs> Justin Long pulls out this jewelry box and he gives it to Lizzie Lohan and inside is a necklace with the number 53 on it. And then Justin Long moves in for a kiss and kablamo headlights splash across the young couple in love. And it's Matt Dillon who is watching the two of them from across the parking lot waiting to interrupt their sexual escapades. That's uh, what Matt Dillon does. And Matt Dillon walks over to Justin Long and Lindsay Lohan and he says, uh, Hey, yo, will you leave the two of us alone? I want to talk in private. And I immediately thought to myself, who is he addressing and which one does he want to leave? Hey, you know, I mean, whoever leaves first, I guess that's who it was. You know, I'm you. Yeah, I, you're not really pointing at either of us. You're kind of just pointing in between us. <laughs> I mean, I think I think it's obvious. I'm not going to lower to your level to answer that question. <laughs> Justin Long fucks off, leaving Lindsay Lohan and Matt Dillon all alone. Run, Lindsay Lohan, run! You're going to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, He's going to convince you to pull your teeth out with pliers, and he's going to steal a boat, and then he's going to make out with Miss X Charlie Sheen. Run! Yeah, he, he's like, you know, I don't know who this Max is or nothing. I mean, he's a good driver. He's good, good for an amateur, I guess. And also, uh, there's a surprising amount of bread with max that i was not expecting so you know why don't you race with your breasts but in this scene Lindsay lohan is wearing six inch heels <laughs> she has this mini skirt on that is straight from the zap brannigan intergalactic thigh high collection 
She's got this. Dude, she looks like if she coughs, you're going to see her belly button. I And again, I don't know why we're sexing up this kid's movie. I don't want to bone her in a kid's scary car movie. She's wearing this denim jacket that's like two sizes too small or it's two sizes too perfect, depending on who you ask. And Matt Dillon says, hey, you, Max, he's a good job. I was thinking maybe uh, maybe you might want to drive a real car over here. You know, you drive my, my uh, stock car. And Lindsay Lohan looks at Matt Dillon. She says, are you serious? And just like that, Lindsay Lohan just walks away from Herbie, gets into this other car belonging to Matt Dillon, and off she goes, driving around in the nighttime desert in this stock car, leaving Herbie all alone with our villain. And he immediately turns around and he's like, hey, you and me alone. <laughs> and just opens up the hood to get to the engine. <laughs> And immediately Herbie shocks him and he's just like, hey, you little son of a bitch. All right. That's more where that came from. You know, again, I feel like it's real confrontational. Um, it's not really where my head is. And then the, the hood just smacks Matt Dillon in the in the skull. Yeah. He says, look, there's no way anybody could beat somebody with this engine. And then, you know, Herbie just pisses on him with oil right in the face. <laughs> Some people pay for this. <laughs> to add insult to injury, after pissing on his face, the hood comes down on his head again. And Matt Dillon rightfully is like, hey, grabs like a tire iron and bangs the car's trunk. He's like, hey, how you like that? Huh? How you like being hit and pissed on? He only hits the car like a couple of times. Yeah. And at this point, I kind of wanted to see him totally dismantle this car. Just physically abuse it into a pile of broken parts and then drop his pants and shit on the dashboard you're right matt Dillon has real kid gloves on for no apparent reason it's like take this mister and you know what take another one kirby knocks him on his ass and he's just like hey all right i get the message you know maybe i'll just uh, you, you know weird little magic call i'll just fuck off and as soon as he turns his back herbie just large marches behind him <laughs> Where, like, the doors open up and the wipers go crazy and stuff. I mean, it is the only comparison I can think of that's that's fitting. Lindsay Lohan shows back up with the stock car. And she's like, that was quite a ride. It reminded me of the first time I ever heard Sinatra. And, <laughs> and Herbie just kind of growls. Me, me, fuck that car. Me, me. Matt Dillon is like, hey, I don't know if you've been listening to Pick 6 at all, but uh, you want to race for pink slips like they did in Tokyo Drift? That was pretty good. That was that was a whole that was a fun time. He says, like, look, you could drive home. And, you know, you would drive home in a stock car. If you do that, your your dad, who was Batman, he couldn't help but put you on the track. Let me get this straight. When you say race for pinks, you're talking about car titles, right? Because I've made this mistake no less than seven times. Oh yeah, it's car title. Wait, what what did you think it was? Car titles definitely car titles i i'm gonna go now i feel gross so it, before he leaves he's like hey you better make sure max is on top of his game like i i kind of know max is you wait did i say that we cut back to bat dad in bat dad manner and Lindsay lohan is there and charisma shows up to greet Lindsay lohan you remember charisma right bo uh who she was the best friend from college who left our movie about an hour ago to go live in france for a couple of months and she and Lindsay lohan are gonna go to new york to be interns for espn the sports network that's owned by the disney corporation that charisma oh uh is she back to give us more exposition she is in fact that's the only reason she 
she's in this movie yeah so she's like hey where are you going Lindsay lohan uh have you got i know this what's going on here you can't fool me and Lindsay lohan is like oh christ this is gonna be a thing (laughs) (laughs) and she's like i know you've got uh, a boyfriend and she's like yes i mean right the boyfriend of course his name is max he lives in canada we're so close i feel like sometimes we're the same person that is absolutely code for by the way it's me can you believe it we're so close together we finish each other's shits (laughs) what does that mean Lindsay lohan when i take a dump he pinches it off oh okay um hmm all right well good for you i call him my prince shaman (laughs) you've you've uh you've changed a lot in two months because when we lived together you wouldn't poop unless you knew i was going to be gone for at least an hour and now you're shitting with another guy now i only do it when someone's watching you know in france some people pay for that oh let me introduce you to a car i think you're gonna be pleasantly surprised at the outcome It's the day of the big race, and Herbie's being a real bitch about racing because his feelings got hurt. Why don't you go with that other trick? Don't go chasing waterfalls. (laughs) Herbie's engine was acting all fucked up. And I was like, did Matt Dillon do something to this car or not? Or is Herbie just dealing with hurt feelings? And even Justin Long is like, hey, you didn't happen to leave our rival alone with this car that you're going to be racing in, did you? No, no. That's the stupidest thing I could have ever did. Yes. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me if I promised. Do you have a Bible? I love to swear on those. (laughs) Lindsay Lohan goes over to Herbie and says, Look, car, man up. Do what I say. You're the car. I'm the star of the movie. Get your shit together. And then Herbie blasts smoke from his engine and the sun visors furrow like eyebrows. Herbie looks at Lindsay Lohan and essentially says, You can go fuck yourself. Yeah, he's literally like steaming angry. In the final race that happens, um, it kicks off and Herbie starts out that he's driving faster than Matt Dillon's car. And Lindsay Lohan, again, is doing nothing to help win this race. Herbie pulls ahead, then Matt Dillon's ahead. Herbie's ahead. Herbie's going to win. And at the very last minute, Lindsay Lohan says, come on, Herbie. I want that stock car. And so Herbie hits the brakes. Lindsay Lohan loses the race and she is now going to lose herbie and not win the stock car of her dreams that she didn't know about until last night (laughs) right and so after winning matt dillon circles back around in the car to kind of pull up alongside her and herbie and he goes hey there max you know about now that you know you lost like a little bitch you take off the helmet and show everybody who you know you really are and then she does and bad dad is there watching the race why is he there i i no clue at some point uh she said like oh my dad's gonna be there it's like how come did he know about this is he just a fan is he an enthusiast dylan then says you know oh i guess i was wrong you're not the next great race car driver peyton team peyton guy so you're just another amateur who chokes in the clutch you know his little world play because clutch like car that he drives off justin long is is kind of chasing after her as, as she's walking away after this humiliation and he's like nah it's cool there's always another race meanwhile mcpoyle is hooking herbie up to a tow truck and just Justin Long is like, hey, what are you doing? And that's where Matt Dillon was like, hey, she didn't tell you that we were racing for pinks? 
By the way, she thinks that means like a whole other thing. I don't know what it is. Yeah, last night she drove my car and she said it was the best ride of her life. And by ride, I'm insinuating that she and I did the hoo-hoo-hoo-ha-ha. You know, the old honka chunka. Yeah, it, it's another of those moments where you're like, why are we talking about fucking again in this movie? At this time, Bat Dad Michael Keaton comes over and he says, How could you lie to me? I taught you the value of honesty. I'm done listening to your excuses. Lindsay Lohan. And then he marches off. And then Lindsay Lohan's high school algebra teacher, she shows up and she says, Lindsay Lohan, I heard that you cheated on your final exam in my class. I'm so disappointed in you. And then Santa Claus shows up and he says, Lindsay Lohan, when you were eight, you told me you were good all year and I trusted you. But doing a standard audit of the year 1997, it showed that you were a nightmare of a child. In fact, you made your grandfather drink a cup of his own pee. You're a terrible person, Lindsay Lohan. No more presents for you ever again. And no more presents for your children and your children's (laughs) children. I call that the Santa Curse. Santa Claus 4, The Santa Curse, starring (laughs) Lindsay Lohan. It writes itself. Lindsay Lohan is like, don't you hurt that car, as they're carrying him off. And Matt Dillon says, all right, car, it's payback time, bug. So Herbie gets towed away. The crowd disperses. Lindsay Lohan takes off with her pal Charisma. You remember Charisma, right, Chad? No. Shows up and gives a lot of exposition. Anyway, so she has some more and she's like, hey, you know, Lindsay Lohan, you belong behind the wheel of a race car. You don't want to really be a journalist covering stories. You want to be the story. Little secret. I don't know how to drive. Part two of that secret. I've been in a lot of movies. (laughs) Not the kind you put in the front of the store, if you know what I mean. (laughs) So she she then goes to Matt Dillon's garage. (laughs) And he's like, hey, how about you beat her? You know, amateur hours over. And uh, she's like, look, I just want the car. Where's Herbie? And he's like, what? Uh, like I, n- I never heard of that. Oh, you mean the little car? Oh, I remember now. I told Crash to take him out for a spin. Cut to Chad, a demolition derby where finally some justice is about to be meted out, and Herbie is being driven by McPoyle. Right. Who jumps out of the car to spray paint a red bullseye on the front of Herbie the love bug. At this demolition derby, outside there's a sign flashing in neon that says Jimmy D's Smash and Bash Demolition Derby. And it's just full of a bunch of typical white trash rednecks that are screaming and yelling. And I say that affectionately. During this scene, Lindsay Lohan and her best friend, Charisma, they show up and they come in and they see Herbie down in the battle pit. And Lindsay Lohan says that's my car and then this old timer stands up and says your car that's my car i'm jimmy d and i own all those cars now if you want that little car i tell you what sweetheart if he wins the demolition derby you can have him back and i'm watching this and i'm thinking there is zero percent chance that this old man is jimmy d and there is zero percent chance that he has any authority to make these types of promises as to who's going to take home any form of winning car this is just a crazy old man you think he would look slightly to the left and see justin long there and be like well hey my name is billy johnson why i own all of the land that you see before you well hey who are you my name's charlie charlie caldwell i invented the question mark actually the old man in this scene he's that old man who played the hobo in peewee's big adventure that peewee sits next to um when he jumps on the train Mm -hmm. the two of them sing skip to my loo while they're riding the rails 
Wow, that's two Pee Wee's Big Adventure references this evening. We're not done yet. Yeah, that's right. But let me ask you a question. Have you ever been, but let me ask you a question. Have you ever been to a demolition derby? I don't believe I have. That seems like something I would remember, but I I would kind of like to go. I remember going to a demolition derby at the county fair in the city where you and I grew up. That's the one and only time I ever participated as an audience member. This was the same county fair that you and I attended where we went into a trailer and saw some uh, Haitian pygmies. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do recall this. Yes. Yeah, that was a sad day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those are formative years, Chad. Really, it, it really says something about uh, both where we grew up and, 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 and ourselves, really, and the kind of people that we became. Those were, uh, you know, it was a small town fair. You know, for curious listeners, Bo and I and others went into this trailer and they pulled back a curtain and there were these two little people from who knows what country i seriously doubt it was haiti and they had a tiny archie bunker style recliner yeah and a little bed and these two people just got up and the man who may have been the father he was an older man he started playing a guitar and by playing a guitar it was like a child being given a guitar for the first time just cranking on the strings and this younger tiny woman began to sing and she was just howling words and before they pulled back the curtain everybody was just like waiting in giddy anticipation as to what our three dollars were gonna buy us and then as the moment the curtain came back, the mood in the room just dropped and it was just chilling. This is human trafficking. This is exploiting the misfortunes of others for the entertainment of us. We should have called the authorities, but we were 13 years old. <laughs> right. And jerks, as all teenagers are. But you know what? We grew up to be less jerks. And now... And now we just shit on the hard work of others. <laughs> Wait a second. We didn't learn anything. Ah, stupid life. <laughs> so during this demolition derby, McPoyle is driving Herbie around and McPoyle is all jacked up on LSD and four loco. And he's all crazy insane about this demolition derby. He's just screaming at the other cars. So Lindsay Lohan runs down onto the battlefield to save Herbie and she almost dies once or twice. And then Lindsay Lohan sees Herbie and she says, Herbie, I need you. Come on. Don't do this please and it is some real narcissistic selfish begging she never once says i'm sorry she never once comes close to anything that resembles an apology because she's a terrible person <laughs> right she just wants what she wants in the moment and in this moment she wants herbie that'll change soon enough uh, while she's running onto this track or field or whatever the the rink i guess is what you call uh yeah the battlefield or whatever <laughs> the yeah. demolition derby battlefield a monster truck has come onto the scene that looks straight up like the devil yes and so Lindsay lohan is running towards herbie trying to avoid the cars this monster truck is barreling down herbie nightmarishly he sees Lindsay lohan is about to be run down by this devil truck herbie does this flip so that the sunroof is open and lands in such a way that Lindsay lohan is now in the passenger seat and then flips back over again to drive away yeah it's like like Buster Keaton popping through the second story open window of a falling house. Yes, very similar to to that. And classic comedy. Check. Then uh, McPoyle just gets ejected because uh, Herbie has ejector seats now. Uh-huh. 
And so he's just ejected out into the carnage to die. And then Lindsay Lohan now can take charge and God help us all, Chad. Jump by Van Halen starts playing. Yeah, they know this crowd. Uh, They know it's going to get them all pumped up. And then it's just... Uh, 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 uh. Meep, 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 meep. I get up, meep, 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 meep. And nothing gets me down. Yeah, Herbie, Herbie. Who who sings this song? Herman. Diamond Dave. Yeah, that's right. Shut the fuck up and let him sing it, all right? I was asking for that. Um, but, but yeah, so Jump is playing. Herbie is bouncing all over around the all over this uh this goddamn battlefield, avoiding cars as they're trying to slam into it and whatnot. They slide beside the monster truck, and the driver, this like mutton chopped old dude who looks like Lemmy from Motorhead, just just leans out of the truck and growls at him. Then Herbie jumps this turned over car, uses the this car as a ramp, and lands on the back of this monster truck, and all of the wheels fall off and the truck just comes apart yeah it was not put together very well apparently no it was like a lego set or something it was lego monster trucks it's like a table at a western bar fight like you sit on it and it's it's rubble you you know where that monster truck came from crazy days you're you're absolutely right and so now that all the other cars are crashed and the drivers are dead and mangled this monster truck is destroyed now these two psychopaths car and driver alike can uh join forces and 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 lindsey lohan is like hey thanks hubby and then off they go into the night to destroy more they pull into justin long's barn garage and justin long rightfully sees them roll in and just has this look on his face of what the fuck did you do it he looks at yeah. Lindsay lohan and he says look i just poured all of my money and time and spare parts into this car did i mention all of my money i was hoping to get in your pants and now the car is demolished it looks like it's been in some sort of a derby of demolition what did you do and then immediately justin long's like ah i forgive you you're hot are your breasts bigger how did that happen you know they are sweetheart so she apologizes for being a jerk which I, you know, I guess is somewhat redeeming. Justin Long asks her, oh God, I hate this so much, Chad. He asks her, what, what are you going to do now? Go to the big city and be a reporter? And she says, you know what? I just met someone who made me shift gears. <laughs> we cut back to the NASCAR Speedway where brother Breckenmeyer, who I think is still someone that Mike Myers from the movie 54 uh, is still interested in sucking his cock. I'll have to check on that after the show. Well, in this scene, brother Breckenmeyer, he's qualifying for a NASCAR race. Uh, Lindsay Lohan and Justin Long, they're up in the stands and they're watching. Brother Breckenmeyer, he does qualify for the race somehow, but as soon as he qualifies, he just immediately crashes into the wall. He is not a good driver. No. He's terrible. They take this dumbass to the hospital. He's trying to get out of the bed and stuff. Is like Michael Keaton and, and Lindsay Lohan are gathered around him. And he's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then just w- walks into the wall. Uh-huh. And Bat Dad is just like, hmm, I guess that means he's not fine. Hmm, I'm going to go talk to the doctor. Lindsay Lohan, you stay here. 
And so he takes off. Brickenmeyer says, look, I qualified. All you got to do is find another driver and you ought to let Lindsay Lohan here do that. Cheryl Hines steps out of nowhere and was like, when the fuck did you show up in this scene? And she's like, yeah, she should race. And then disappears again. Poof. Smoke screen. Yeah. Wait, where did you get that? I found it in your bathroom. We're sleeping together, right? Hmm. That wasn't established, but good for me. All right. Lindsay Lohan. Take your brother out of this room for a minute. I need some time with Cheryl Hines. I've just discovered we're sleeping together. But Justin Long is like, yeah, she can She can totally drive. And he's like, that's never going to happen. Lindsay Lohan is never going to race in NASCAR over my dead body. And then he just storms out. And, and she, uh, she, <laughs> she storms after him and says, so why can't I race? He says, I've got a very good reason for that, Lindsay Lohan. You're the spitting image of your mom. And I can't lose your mom twice. And she says, yeah, but inside, I'm you, dad. Look, it's like you finish my shits. Did I already tell you this one? Do me a favor. Hand me that bottle of witch hazel. My joints are starting to act up. I think it's going to rain. I'll tell you what. If you want to be a saint, get me a hot water bottle and a cold bottle. All right. To his credit, Michael Keaton is still like, I said, no, go fuck yourselves. And then just he's gone uh, because we only have like three sets in this movie. Uh, Lindsay Lohan goes back to Justin Long's garage. And this is where he's like, um, you know how I used to have part suppliers? Well, I'm a deadbeat as it happens. My only customer is you and you haven't <laughs> paid me. So they're not going to send me parts for free no more. And I guess my business is done. Oopsie. So then Brick and Meyer shows up out of nowhere and he's like, hey, Lindsay Lohan, you're going to take my place tomorrow i called the crew and they're gonna put you in the race no matter what is that how nascar works yeah like like if you were a professional racer you could go qualify and then just be like i'm gonna put a horse in the car to drive <laughs> right <laughs> i'm gonna have an actually 144 horsepower <laughs> <laughs> this car is gonna have 141 yeah there they look there's a lot of fast and loose play that we do with nascar rules here but but this does come from the studio that brought us gus the kicking mule there are no rules in the rule books <laughs> say a mule can't be a kicker you give me a movie chat and i'll tell i'll give you that line again that says a horse can't drive a nascar yeah you know what there are no rules in that yeah it's like uh, uh that that show that we keep talking about mr smith there is nothing in the rule books it says a chimpanzee can't be president we were so busy trying to teach mr smith we didn't realize that mr smith was teaching us hail to the chimp <laughs> so yeah but he's like hey we got a real stock car back back at the garage that we're fixing up for you and she's like look that's really sweet of you but there's only one car i'm gonna race in and it's herbie or nothing at all brick and meyer just <laughs> he looks at this shitty car he's like all right i mean nothing in the rules that say we can't do that actually that's what all of the rules say they're stock cars yeah there is one line given to this where some announcer is like guess they found a loophole folks <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> like, give me the scene with Big John in this movie where he's just like, no goddamn Volkswagen is going to race in the Daytona 500. Ka-clunk. Thump, 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 thump. Sir, stop. I've got the official NASCAR rules. And I noticed something on the very back of the book. If you look at this magnifying glass at the bottom, look at this tiny little print. B.W. Bugs can race in NASCAR. Little Philly, you got yourself a car. After Lindsay Lohan has has planted her flag in the in this shitty little car, we get another montage. montage. <laughs> 
where oh fucking working for the weekend is playing are you kidding me it's lover boy are you kidding me chad this is fucking garbage and it's just them it's doing the same shit it's we're fixing herbie again to a worse song than we did the first time oh it's unendurable chad this was one of those points where it's like we gotta stop the show (laughs) i can't go on i can't do it i can't do no more i can't do no more is there herbie in the pick six hit me one time me hit me two times me me Oh no, not her. Meep, meep. I'm everywhere. The good news is, is that our movie is wrapping up and we find ourselves at the California Speedway where Matt Dillon is being interviewed and he's not coming off as a comical asshole. He sounds pretty normal. He's just like, oh yeah, it's a long race. Anybody could win. You dedicate yourself. You work hard, eat your veggies, go to bed on time, listen to your mom and dad, drink plenty of water, you know, do what's best for you. Good grades, you know, all that kind of stuff. Put your dirty clothes in the hamper, live a good life. We're going to play both sides of the ball, leave all on the field. It's going to be a good game. Any given Sunday, you know, (laughs) no offense like a defense. (laughs) yeah he actually says like you know that's why you race you never know so Lindsay lohan uh, justin long and team they show up with herbie and matt Dillon goes over to his two-man team of mcpoyle and thomas lennon and he says hey i thought you two destroyed that little vw car and they give him this real thatchy boss we tried to but the car was too smart for us He zigged when we thought he was going to zag. And then here we get this obligatory insert of NASCAR drivers doing cameos. And they kind of suck, as you would expect. But they suck less than the ones in Days of Thunder, I will say. Yeah, I don't know the second one. I know Jeff Gordon. I don't know any of them. But Jeff Gordon is the one that's like, hey, he winked at me. Uh Uh-oh. I think this car wants to fuck me. (laughs) I don't know why I get this weird. Like, it's looking at me. I think it's looking at my ass. We already established that Herbie's got a storied, interesting sexual history. Me, me. I'm open-minded. Me, me, me. Me. Herbie likes Peggy. Me, me, me. Me, 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 me. Banana in the tailpipe. Me, 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 me. Me, me, me. It's called the axle foley. Me, me, me. Uh, we cut to Lindsay lohan and she's in the garage with herbie and she asked the team to leave her alone with the car so that we can get that obligatory scene in our film where a human being talks to a car and we create this connection between man and machine but in this movie the car can actually emote it is physically able to let you know how it is feeling at any given point in time not that any of the humans in this movie care to stop and notice this in fact i kind of thought that maybe we the audience were the only ones noticing that this happens and like at the end of the film, we're going to get this M. Night Shyamalan twist where we realize we were the ones being duped, that everything that Herbie did was in our head and no one in the film could actually see it. That's why they weren't shocked or surprised by it. Herbie should just be an animated car in this movie. All, uh, you know, Roger Rabbit. I'd make it better. It would. So Lindsay Lohan is giving the, the full Duval here. Are you nervous? It's good to be nervous. And she actually admits like, look, one night I was pretty sauced. I had tea mini martinis. I told her the car while I was racing. And Herbie like winds his eyes. And I'm like, oh shit. Herbie hitched his wagon to a real winner here. Wish I was back at Crazy Dave. And so... She's like, thank you for not giving up on me. Like, Phil, that son of a bitch. 
And then Herbie's ready to go. When Lindsay Lohan is talking to Herbie, she says, you know, Herbie, it's good to be nervous. It keeps you alert. You know, I want to tell you something in the spirit of honesty. And I hear this and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, if anybody pulls that shit on you, they got to remove the turds from their mouth so they can spew more bullshit your way. It's the same thing like when a person says to you, you know, honestly, this is what I think. Like, you're a liar. I think you're lying to me all the time. Right. It's the the theory of opposites. If you're like, look, I got to be honest with you. Oh, you're you're about to (laughs) feed me the biggest line of shit I've heard. No thanks, is what I say to that. So we see the crew rolling Herbie out onto the speedway, and everybody in this crew is now wearing driving onesies that are adorned with the official Herbie colors. So I guess they had these sewn by their 24-hour overnight tailor. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's a real like, hey, we showed up with a box of jerseys for our scrappy team. That matched the car that we didn't know that you would be driving. <laughs> right. What a coincidence. The one that you insisted on the night before the race and we couldn't talk you out of it no matter how much booze we plied you with and it was a lot of booze look let's just say i got a high tolerance i put half that bottle of vodka up my own asshole from my experience we got about nine minutes before i start hallucinating so let's get this race started is what I'm saying. So she gives like a Herbie a little pad as like, you know, the fans are applauding and whatnot. And then some announcers kick in. They're like, hey, can you believe that's a woman? And like Cheryl Hines stands up and is like, well, of course it is. You always said you wanted more women in NASCAR. Well, here's your chance. And then they cut to Bat Dad in his bat house. I think he's putting together a model or something. Who knows? I thought he was like going over their shitty finances. Probably so of just like oh this is bad oh no we're gonna lose everything uh, behind him the tv is playing and he hears the announcers talking about the woman on the field and he turns around and sure enough there's his daughter he's like oh this is surprising this is where you also get the line of well they found a loophole to allow this car in the race why bother with logic when we have car fucking to get to because that's coming yep and then <laughs> So then it's the the start of the race. Like someone parachutes onto the track with an American flag, and some jets are flying over. Lindsay Lohan is getting strapped in. Brinkin Meyer pops in and is like, "Hey, remember me? I'm your brother in this movie. Go get him, Lindsay Lohan." Justin Long then asks her, "Like, hey, is this how you imagined it?" And she goes, "Well, I gotta be honest. I imagined my father here. Also." I imagine I could still feel below my knees. But hey, (laughs) you can't always get what you want. Keith Richards wrote that line. Mick Jagger famously sang it. He wrote it. I know that because we dated briefly when I was I was stationed in the Bering Sea listening for Russian submarines. So the so the race starts proper. The commentators, as you noted, are just kind of pointing out what's going on and what's happening. And Lindsay Lohan is in Herbie. And as they speed down the racetrack, Lindsay Lohan says, wow, these cars are going fast. And then Lindsay Lohan's brother holds up a sign that he scribbled on it with chalk. Accelerate. And then later he holds one up that says, go fast, followed by try to win the race. (laughs) Right. Lindsay Lohan steps down on the gas pedal and she shifts into a lower gear and that makes the car go faster. We've seen that a lot this season. Another movie where unless Herbie is like jumping over cars, the traffic is not interesting. Bat Dad is at home and he says, wait, my daughter is in a race. I should head down there. 
And at this point, we cut back to the race and Herbie has attached himself to the back of another NASCAR instead of drifting the car. Um, You know, Colt Trickle came up with drifting as a move. I saw that in a documentary called Days of Thunder one time. Yeah, um, it's a good movie. And then here we get another montage where we hear the Donnas singing Roll Down the Highway and we get this sequence that is really reminiscent of the original Herbie movies where there are a lot of panels on the screen showing all these different shots at once. As Bat Dad has decided to head down to the California Speedway, Matt Dillon is in first place while Herbie is moving from last place to a higher ranking within the pack and Lindsay lohan and herbie they get boxed in with these four other cars and they're kind of bouncing herbie around inside this space and Lindsay lohan calls back to her crew i'm taking a beating out here i can't do it and then almost immediately bat dad has shown up down on the pit and it's really maybe 20 seconds of screen time since we saw him at his house but he's in the pit he's wearing his own white onesie with herbie stripes got the uniform and then bat dad chimes in you can do this spark plug i always knew you had the heart of a nascar champion again this just feels so superficial i mean clearly it is but it's one of those things that this could pay off like i'm enough of a sap that you do this right and i'll still get emotional at the right time in a movie just because you know that's the algorithm right like you you do this emotional beat here and this emotional beat here and then you pay it off here and that's that's why people react and it just falls so flat it just doesn't mean anything in this movie not not to actually give legit legitimate criticism to Herbie fully loaded but it's really unfortunate <laughs> that the what should make the movie work especially with somebody like Michael Keaton who as we all know is a very fine actor yes it, there's just nothing here at all for him to work with even it didn't tug at your heartstrings when Lindsay Lohan at hearing her bat dad's voice she says daddy is that you and she cries a little bit while driving a NASCAR his advice by the way is gun it like what i'm boxed in herbie somehow gets smacked on the ass and his two front wheels go up on the rear of the car in front of him and bat dad says push down on the gas pedal and so Lindsay lohan does that and then herbie just drives over the top of the car to which he was piggybacking problem solved well except that in so doing it apparently has damaged something oil related under the car i think it's his bladder <laughs> right his balls <laughs> me, me. this really hurts me, me. Me. i'll never have kids Lindsay Lohan is like, I gotta bring him in. And so they they pit Herbie and they take is it all Cheryl Hines car yeah Justin Long calls her up and he's like hey hey did you drive here in that little yellow beetle that Herbie likes to fuck and Cheryl Hines says he's fucking my car and he's like oh I mean I need to steal a part from your car to make Herbie run and that's what they do they snatch out a part of the new VW bug to stick it into the old VW bug and the way that they make this modern part fit into this old car is with just duct tape right yeah it's real shoddy work and even Justin Long is like Look, this may make it five laps or one, but not many. Well, how many laps are left in this race? It might be one. It might be 50. I couldn't hear the announcers earlier explaining what was happening in the movie. <laughs> right. They didn't give me the Mission Impossible Fallout dum dum scene where they're like, look, everybody, before we get started with all this action, let's make sure everyone knows where we are. We got three laps left. Now, this oil thingy may not make it. 
So everybody, break. Let's do this. We've got an action scene to film. Lindsay Lohan is sitting at Herbie and they're resting in the pit, you know, instead of getting back onto the track. Lindsay Lohan decides to have an emotional moment with Herbie again. And Lindsay Lohan says, look, Herbie, you raced your heart out today. But if you keep going, it might be the end for me. I mean, the end for you forever. You might die out there on the track and I'd rather lose this race than lose you. And I'm thinking that Herbie's like, Herbie's ready to die. I've lived a fulfilling 78 years. What? No one ever asked me. It hurts to live. It hurts to be a car. Every day is pain. (laughs) Instead, Herbie just blasts out into the pit going really fast. And so Herbie immediately goes from last place into second place right behind Matt Dillon. So it's just Matt Dillon and Lindsay Lohan with two laps to go. Herbie goes high on the outside and the two cars are now neck and neck. Matt Dillon starts smashing Herbie into the wall and the duct tape oil part starts leaking. Matt Dillon screaming at the top of his lugs, you're going down, bug. (laughs) Then Matt Dillon, he just crashes his car, flips upside down and is skidding on his roof. And to get around the crash, Herbie drives up on the fence that protects the attendees and the grandstands from flying car parts that would kill them and so herbie zips around on the wall and herbie wins the race without Lindsay lohan doing anything show me in that book where it says a car can drive on the goddamn fence Uh, Right here on the back, sir. Yeah, it's nonsense. But at any rate, yes. So Herbie wins. Michael Keaton or Bat Dad and the whole team spill out of the pit to go greet uh, Lindsay Lohan, who's climbing out of the car in victory. And Bat Dad's like, you know what? I'm finally proud of you. I'm going to forgive the broken promise now. Good job, Lindsay Lohan. Well done. Cheryl Hines is hugging her. Uh, she tosses uh, Brick and Meyer, uh, her brother. She tosses like the wreath or some flowers that she'd been handed. And he catches it and she's like, wait a second. Were you fibbing about the depth perception thing? And he's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, I suck at racing and you're good. It only made sense and nobody else in this family seemed to be willing to make a rational decision that could financially benefit us all. At this point, Matt Dillon comes over and he's screaming, that cause possessed. It's alive. It's mocking me. It's looking at me. Do you hear that? It's giving me a, the stink eye. Me, me, go fuck yourself. I won. You're going away for good. Me, me, me. And here's the thing. Matt Dillon is right. The car is possessed and it was mocking him. Yeah. And what's great is that the medical attendees, they just throw Matt Dillon in the back of this ambulance the way movies toss mentally ill people into paddy wagons on their way to the booby hatch. It's not the way you put someone in an ambulance after they have suffered a horrific automobile accident going over 150 miles per hour. If they had chased him with an oversized butterfly net, it would have been absolutely perfect. (laughs) Justin Long then finally finds Lindsay Lohan, and he's been trying to put the moves on her this whole movie. And he's like, you know, hey, we make a good team. Lindsay Lohan is like, hey, Herbie, you want to help the kid out? And so Herbie hits Justin Long in the ass with his door again to shove him into Lindsay Lohan, who finally kisses him. You can kiss me. No tongue. Okay, tongue, but no fingers in the rear. What? Oh, sorry. That's a Philadelphia second base. <laughs> Let me show you a Puxatawney infield home run. Bend over and bite on this stick. You're going to thank me later. 
Do you have candles? No, we don't need matches. Where is your insurance card? Trust me, I'm gonna need it later. Now, do you have a cell phone or a landline? I have neither. The race is over, and we cut to some night in the future, and here we see Bat Dad, Michael Keaton, and it's nighttime, and he's out in his backyard, and he's talking to someone, and he says, You've got a big race tomorrow. I mean it. Have her home early. Turns out, Bo, that Bat Dad is talking to Herbie and that yellow VW bug that belongs to Cheryl Hines. And it turns out that both of these cars are now sentient. Uh Uh-huh. And they slowly roll away, driverless, to wreak havoc and terror on the unsuspecting people of Los Angeles County until they eventually make their way back home to the house belonging to a young Elon Musk from whence they were born. You know, I don't know how Herbie became sentient, but I am well aware of how this yellow car became sentient. It was lots and lots of car come. Then the song Metal Guru by T-Rex plays and the credit its role and this movie is over thank god yeah i mean it's nine minutes of credits on the back end of this thing they've really pad the runtime look i'm not complaining you want to make 20 minutes of this movie credits that means i'm out that much earlier you cut off the montages this thing's about 22 minutes long maybe then you got something (laughs) but this movie stretched to an hour 35 before credits god bless them it's fucking terrible man this is a bad 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 movie and again it's all horned up for no good reason like i wouldn't watch this with my kids because i'd be afraid i'd get a boner so would you recommend this movie Bo? based on oh god no (laughs) no Uh, you know we talk about this jokingly sometimes of like well when i'm on my deathbed i'm gonna regret this man I, Herbie Fully Loaded is it's one of those movies that when I've told people what movie I'm doing notes about like I I kind of mutter under my breath mm, Herbie Fully Loaded no, it's fine it's a car movie it's a car movie me 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 fuck you I exist me me I am undeniable. I am everything. It's terrible. Well, what about you? I mean... I'll say this, that as a G-rated kids film, there's enough in it to entertain very young children. There's enough in it to keep teenage boys and bored dads awake. And there's enough in it to piss off uppity moms. So in that regard, I think there's something for everyone. None of that is true. Unlike our finale of this season, which has nothing for someone. (laughs) Chad, uh, look, we're going to end the season right. And we've done a couple of uh, blockbusters. We we did your your Herbies. We did your Simpsons. We did your Bruckheimers. Now we're going to do your Sheens. We got Charlie Sheen, Christy Swanson in the car chase epic film. The Chase. You've been wanting to do this movie for well over a year. This is a hometown favorite. (laughs) I can't wait to talk about this movie in detail, but it is periodically jaw-dropping. It's something to behold. I'll I'll definitely say that. So um, come back and see us in two weeks as we present the season finale of season 10 of Pick 6 Movies Hot Wheels with... The Chase. Oh, God, it's going to be awful. As always, like, rate, review, drop us a line. Pick6movies at gmail.com. You can find us here and there. Bo, any final thoughts on Herbie Fully Loaded? No, I I want to erase this from my memory. Like, as soon as we get done recording this, I'm just going to start hitting my head, myself in the head with a rock. I think that sounds awesome. Send me a video of that. Well, we will see you in two weeks. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man.